This week in league, Sam Cassiano changed himself to a pie van in protest over the reduction in interchanges. The West Tigers went looking for a salary sombrero but ended up wearing a cap with a propeller on top. Sean Kenny Dow's handling errors to drop by 200% after his proposed off-season soap dropping regime. And we preview all of the action for round 20 of the 2015 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 198 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. And I'm back. It's Glenn and he's and back. And everyone that bagged me and laid the slippers into you me get a chance. Get fucked. You'll get, your, you'll, get, you'll get your chance. I'll take my chance. You'll, you'll and I'll chance. say when my chance is. You'll, and it's now. No, no, you'll get your chance. Don't worry, because there, there's been some feedback. Including the fucking so-called co-host that had to have shit. Apparently he's super intelligent, drinks coffee, wears his hair nice and fucking dresses like a, a stylish man. Has to have fucking the opening lines colour-coded for him. Fucking retard. Yeah, you said coffee drinking, right? He was gracious enough to bring fucking two, uh, you know, 500 mil or whatever they are, oak yeah. iced coffee. Penrith right? fan. Stole them. Yeah, but... But... They were out of date. No, we're doing the show. I was like, oh, they're delicious. Oh, you know, icy cold. Fucking terrific. So I'm going to have my oak as we're going. All finishes up. See you later, Jared. Thanks for coming. Blah, blah, blah. Come back inside. Time to start editing the show. Oak things on there, and you know, like, okay, I'm gonna, I got to throw your fucking trash out now, do I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, much the same as you every week with your notes and your fucking Coke Zeros and whatnot. Well, if you but emptied your fucking bin, I, I, I would I, throw it out myself, you <clears throat> cockhead. I do, but usually I do it, I empty my bin out on like a Thursday and it's full again by Tuesday. <laughs> but, so anyway, there's, there's the oak, and I'm like, cup was fucking full. Like, barely, like, barely touched. Mm. He's lactose intolerant. <laughs> apparently something apparently milk does something to him that's it <coughs> and this um, is the problem with Penrith fans that don't drink milk it's just you know I thought I thought that's what cats did when Jared like, went outside and jumped into his fucking smart car yeah. and struggled to navigate your steep driveway yeah. and fucking careened into the telegraph pole across the street <laughs> he snapped several fucking ribs because he didn't drink his milk a la Shanta exactly well, this, this is it this is it I mean you want to you, you know you want to end up a fucking another Zorb fatality another statistic <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just keep keep avoiding calcium. <laughs> Just keep doing it. You want to get broken by colliding with a balloon? <laughs> exactly. Now, I want to welcome all our new listeners. This week, this week, this month, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is going to be a record month for us. Magnificent. Pretty much going to be, or it's, it's pretty much going to be this week, and we've still got, like, you know, another episode this month. So, fucking sensational work to everybody who's getting in on the show. And something new for this week, and um, perhaps even more so going forward. This week's episode brought to you by Audible.com. Everyone's heard of Audible on front of, on the front of many many podcasts. Yes, the, you know ones that certainly influenced us back in the day as well. And we can offer you a free audiobook download and thirty day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash this week in league. So they have over one hundred and fifty thousand titles to choose from for iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player, and all that shit. Now, I used to love an audio book. Uh, you might want to just, I mean, a quick shout out to um, last week's uh, stand-in co-host, Jared. Uh, Wasn't that what we were just doing? Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to follow on from that yeah. and say that on Audible, you can download uh, and listen to his uh, autobiography. Which is? Not fucking good enough. 
<laughs> but also, there's another 150,000, over 150,000 titles. And you can play them. I remember back in the day when I had the office in the city and I'd have to spend like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours in the car every day. That's how I got through Red, as I do the air quotes, all the Game of Thrones books. Literally fucking every single one of them in the drive so two hours a day and actually made me like you know more look forward to the look forward to the commute because I'm like what happens next cool <laughs> exactly now first let's get into the mailbag um so I mean can't mention you all by name but saw all the jerseys arriving beautiful stuff and the people putting the photos up and there's some there's some sexy motherfuckers there it's absolutely mystifying to me how how Australia Post can be so fucking variable with everything like those fucking jerseys went in two batches Separated by a weekend, the second batch was so f- close to the source is uh, before I even got to put them in the fucking red box. The postman van pulled up beside me, and I'm like, "Can I give these to you?" And he's sort of bitching about, "Oh, you know, it's like when you put them in the thing, it's illegally saying there's no, you know, there's no bombs and stuff." Motherfucker, I signed every one of them to say there's no bombs in them. Trust me, there's no fucking bombs in these. Give me your white bag, and so I put them in there directly to the p- fucking postman. The day later or two days later, I was like, I'm not hearing these jerseys landing yet. So what I'll do is I'll um I'll just punch in some of the tracking numbers that I've got and just, you know, see where they're at. No events listed for that item. I'm like, this fucking gypsy taxi driver has fucking stolen our shit. But <laughs> then the next day, or even that day, like two hours later, hey, I got my jersey today. That's fucking terrific. Shame they didn't update their traffic, their tracking shit system, and give us that's an the idea point of having the tracking. That's, that's, the, that's exactly why do why do I send tracking emails to people with a number and they just click the link and it goes straight to their thing? If these fucking idiots, Australia Post, I will one. say that it doesn't really change much for uh, your transport companies. We use uh, TNT a little bit through a freight broker at work, and um, on several occasions over the last several weeks, where we've sent freight to, to various locations. And it's probably been about four or five times where yeah. shit hasn't shown up when it's yeah. supposed to. You ring them up, they put a track on it, they ring you five times saying we're still trying to track it, we're still trying to the fifth time that no, we've lost it, sorry, no one knows where it is. Can you send us some a description of the package, etc. And then the next day you check the tracking, there's nothing, and then you get a phone call. Oh, that package just arrived. Yeah. And then about an hour after that TNT ring you back and say, oh, your parcel's been delivered. Oh, thanks very much, guys. That's excellent. Yeah. I, I know people at TNT, so um, we'll take that offline. I'll be able to get you higher up the chain of support there. Cool. So, um, next item, meetup. Gee, it was good to put some faces to oh. names and stuff. And like, there's people we've been tweeting with fucking like, like the whole time I've been on Twitter and stuff, you know, yep. like, and so it's just really good to meet those guys. And um, Some awesome, thanks, awesome people. Thanks everyone to come out. Steve Drew, world's well, most unattractive man. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. To see, it was great seeing like the scarves and stuff too in the hotel LA. Yeah, and Barjas Barjas was there. I saw him. Um, yep. I was walking across the street with Birdo and Sarah. Yep. Um, and Barjas had his scarf hanging over the over the the windowsill um, at hotel LA. Um, which and what the, sort of like the, marking the, you know the window or? was open. Yeah. The entire window was taken up by Barjas's face. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, and you could just see a little bit of the scarf dipping out, which was lovely. Um, the foul mouth lady. Yep. And uh, her boyfriend slash brother. <laughs> Not really sure. <laughs> uh, they were both there. Um, look, it's not often I'll say this, but you know, Alex, Alex is uh, is more attractive 
He's a, he's a fucking handsome motherfucker. Yeah? Yeah. He's he's got some sexy but eyes going on. He's just he's just the fucking drop C bombs and everything. That's yeah, I mean that makes like, her beautiful that's in her own like, way. Don't get me wrong. She's a fucking keeper. She is. That's what she is. She's a stayer and she's a keeper. And we love her. She's just not as attractive as a brother slash boyfriend. <laughs> you also need to be in my chemical romance fan, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be that emo. Really? <laughs> emo emo frontman <laughs> about him. <laughs> um this week in uh, in the the section of the show that we've done before, but I've li- I'd like to make it regular and call it these cunts never talk about footy in the first hour. Mm. Just want to talk about the, the NRL over really quickly about the NRL overhauling the interchange system and uh, the shot clocks and whatnot that came out today. We've been specifically requested this by Aussie Blackwell on Twitter. Just thought I'd like to, just like to get your thoughts about the interchanges being reduced to eight from ten and a shot clock being applied the scrums and whatnot. I think it's a good idea. Um, and, it, you know, I hope it has the desired effect of, of speeding the game up, certainly the interchange, and opening the game up. It's more, I think it's more opening it and bringing back your, your, your Alan Langers and, you know, like little guys taking advantage of shit, you know, tiring forwards, you know, around sure. the back and stuff at the end of the game. All for it. It's, yeah. I just think that the more year after year the game the game does evolve in, in its own way and it's you're starting to get some pretty impressive fucking athletes throughout the forward pack you've still got your yeah. traditional size and shaped props yeah yeah but you're still getting guys Woodsy could play 80 minutes I feel without too much of a yeah with a bit of an adjusted off season there's, there's guy, no a guy like Jake Turbo I think he's like a prototype yep. dude who could play 80 absolutely um, Gallon's proven many times Madalino yep. Bromwich those guys yep. easily play 80 minutes I yep. feel um, Bryce Cartwright you know all those yep. guys like that's the sort of athlete you're gonna you, those guys aren't gonna get fucking tired no no <laughs> but, <know>? dude, <laughs> what's gonna happen is there'll, there'll be a shift I mean you'll see off season regimes and you'll see guys coming in light mm lighter than they ever have in a sure. season before and they have to, to to evolve and adapt with the game which is good yeah because honestly if, if honestly if you like you know you you know your Sam Cassianos and your, your Georgie Sam Roses, Cassiano is going to be fucking 87 kilos next year, or, or, or is the game's going to pass him by Sam Cassiano and George Rose has to get, they have to get a fucking gastric bypass or something yeah to be able to compete in the modern game after the next year but this is the other thing as well you can change the rules or you know tweak the rules all you like but there's no telling how teams are going to exploit that and until the good it, until, coaches will, until will it happens so they'll figure out they'll figure out a way i mean this this thing with the salary this uh, sorry with the interchanges this thing has been on the go for so long that you can already see teams starting to, they've, to they've already, this year they've been tailoring themselves to that sort of you know what i mean sure. like, so <clears throat> and and changing their rosters to accommodate it yep. you know like a year out yep from the start of this year they were starting to um to to make adjustments and um you know, it, to really get it, try and get ahead of the game. I um, I feel that you know a faster game that's more open, and you're starting to get these bigger. Are you, are you fucking serious? What did you buy another one of those things? Oh, my wife bought that one for me. So this one here is the um, San Diego Comic Con variant with his mask off, so you can actually oh. see where he shotgunned himself in the mouth and blew half of his face off. See, so he doesn't have the smile, the winning smile that the one that you know the other one has. So yeah, that's a that's a San Diego. Can Comic-Con you turn that exclusive. around, or I'm going to fucking throw it in the bin? Sure, I'll turn it around. There you go. No, keep turning. 
Yeah, you can look at him that way too. Gah! Does not matter. 360 degrees, twisty the clown. <laughs> now, where were you? Can't work under these conditions. Where were you, Glenn? I just feel like, you know, a faster, more open game yep. with massive guys that are, are playing, you know, 80 minutes, albeit at, a, at an extremely high level. Mm-hmm. The strain and stress that that puts on on their frame and, and on their, on you know, knees, etc. I just think less that weight in the knees and stuff too, though. Like unless yeah. unless weight in collisions, so that the collisions aren't rattling their brains. They're making it more so of much. a more of a fitness and a, and a, st- a question of stamina f- for the bigger guys. Yeah. And I know, as someone that uh, has disintegrated a shoulder from overtraining and then uh, trying to perform, that that extra stamina leads to that that extra test of your of your stamina and your fitness can lead to fatigue even at the highest level which i don't profess to have ever have ever uh been a part of but i just i'm just worried that the maybe the flip side of it all is that we see some of our great athletes as far as forwards go yeah start uh falling over as far as their bodies failing them that's my concern yeah it's 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 possible. I mean, they've, not, they've got some, you know, sports scientists and and there's going to be. I don't think the game's going to get faster because of the interchange. It might slow down because my fuckers are more tired. What it does, it just it just promotes opportunities for guys with speed and footwork late in the game, mm. as the bigger guys get tired because they don't have two spells on the sideline or whatever. You know, they may they might be. There's going to be guys definitely that'll be like two spell guys that have to play eighty minutes, start yeah. playing eighty minutes. And you know they're the guys that are going to be vulnerable if they don't if they can't adapt and and benches are going to change. Yeah, yeah you know? uh, bench hookers done. I think this yeah. this, is, I think this is kills off a bench hooker. You're going to have elite, you know, proper hookers, and probably they're going to sort of move away from the traditional sort of one to become more like a halfback, smaller, yeah, nippier kind of guy like a Sigiaro, Corusau, Matt Parcell. Like, yeah, away from like your Michael Ennises and your Robbie Farras and so Hang forth. Hang on, Robbie Farrah. Come on, mate. On what? He's he's every bit a halfback, a nippy guy, creative, fast, strong, supreme athlete, god of the game. It was nice having a week off from that. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking lie. <laughs> but there you go. That is the uh, the. Um, so we did. It's only taken you know twelve or thirteen minutes. To and we talking uh, about football. And we talked about six of that. Has, has been talking about football. Exactly. Hey, I'll tell you what. Been feeling a lot of stress, and I know you're a stressful fucking person yourself. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, yes, yeah. I am. Over the over the Funny school over the school holidays, because this is the first time I've seen you since the school holidays, like you know, for the yep. show. Um, <clears throat> kids are always like, "Can we paint now? Can we paint now?" And like, I, I was always like, you know what? Well, my, me. Well, let me just yep. check my heart rate because I yep. feel like it went up as soon as you talked about kids painting. Like my, <laughs> just, that's that's right. Like my, I was, I was, my first thought is always. I'm gonna fucking clean that up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Does that once, make me a shit parent? I remember once. I don't want you to do that because I, all I can think about is the is amount the of time up. and effort of me fucking fixing it I up. Remember, I remember months ago, fucking Aubrey like asked him if she would paint. And I said yeah, and she was doing it in the lounge room, and she came down fucking covered in like she was black because the colours were mixed together. And she's like she was like dark green. Oh, sorry, daddy, all over. And like she tried to clean it up, she fucked up, and she tried to clean it up, and it was just a 
fucking disaster. But anyway, so I thought, okay, fine, whatever. And went down to like the, the two dollar shop and you get little canvases for like, you know, like three bucks or something. I'm like, fucking let's let's do this. And like in Killer had a friend over from school, so I'm like, let's all you know, I'll supervise you three and we'll, you know, we'll do some painting. Tell ya, very relaxing. You should look into it. It's very fucking relaxing. Painting. Who'd right. have thought? There's no punchline coming to this. Look, I'll show you this one. I'm just one waiting this, for the no, fucking this, horror story. This is the first one I did. Right. Anger, anger out inside out, That's right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. This is the second one I did. Ah, uh, fuck. Twisty the Clown. That, why do you, you like that? Sake, don't put it like I'll put my fucking fist through that thing. I just thought I'd say, but painting, very relaxing. I see I see other um, other people like you know, colouring in. You know what? I'd rather look at this stuff. picture of, of Gavin Badger in his budgie smugglers <laughs> than look at fucking twisty fucking clown. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to zoom right in on the Badger's badge, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, and I said it on Twitter, but um, I'm going to say it on the show. Is like, the badge indigenous? He's got indigenous budgie smugglers on. Look, Good on him. I just I tweeted it's fucking carved out of granite the badge. I tweeted Tall Hayden and was like, don't ever tweet us again, mate. Yeah, just, just don't. Just Unless off. he's nude, don't tweet us again. Oh, don't be sending us that shit. Unless you can see the badge's vag. <laughs> the vagger. <laughs> All right, now a bit of a uh, bit of Twitter feedback. Cavernous Hope. We haven't addressed this this <laughs> name change <laughs> for Drew Nogan. Cavernous Hope, the best Twitter name on Twitter. I just want you guys to know I love the show and don't want anything to change. Hash fuck everyone else. Hash complaining cunts. Yeah, see... Tweet of the ever. It's, it, well, it's funny that someone like that should say... He came in after a string of complaining. Complaining about what? Um, I believe it was Mad Dog complaining that he didn't get his, his tweet uh, favourite. It was his fucking greatest tweet he ever tweeted. So then I favourited it and then immediately like went click, click, favourite, unfavourite. And he's like, we are, because you don't get a notification when it's up, yeah. I go, what are you for? Yeah. Oh, it's the best one. And everyone's like, oh, you know. Look, I said it then. I'll say it to the, the wider audience. Back in fucking day, like last week, you guys got a treat in, in quotes, like for nearly three hour show, 245 or something. Back in the day, first Jared year, was probably pinging off his head on oh, numerous substances, let's be real. Could not shut him up just quietly. Fucking can he can talk. Oh, you've met Jared. Can talk. Mm. Now, do you want to catch up for coffee, mate? Yep, no worries. When, when's a good time for you? Oh, look, the fucking 18th through the 23rd. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. He had a meeting over Jared. He yeah. had a meeting over Redcliffs today and dropped in on the way back. Yeah. yeah. Stand at the door talking about the comic books and shit for 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Just shut up, mate. The thing, back in the first two seasons, almost the entire first two seasons, we were routinely minimum three hours. Yeah. Minimum, and often over. And we now, used to also start before 9 o'clock. We used to start recording about 7.30. But, you know, that's, 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 just his, that's a historical thing, because, you know, the kids were younger then. I only had one kid at that stage, actually. Correct. And he was, and he was heaps younger, so he went to bed very early, and, you know, and so on and so on. So now, the show goes for about two hours, and part of the, the stuff we did, we sort of, you know reduced in the in the size was uh just try and keep it try as a not a hard rule but i try and keep it as a guideline to around five tweets per game for the recaps more if it's a if it's a uh, a buy round or something like that and more if there's like you know a lot of good stuff and you know less if there's it's to like a camera game and no one tweets about it but you know as a rule about five so a favorite is the prize just being nominated is the prize exactly I see something that catches my eyes, so I'll give it a bit of a fave. And uh, 
you know, then it comes down to the five, and then I got to try and determine what the best, or you know, because some another thing is people say the same shit too all the times. I mean, there's like the low hanging fruit. Exactly. Like there might be five tweets about something about Hope Solo's vagina. I mean, every one of those is worth reading out. But and yeah, and generally they are. Generally, all five are included. But yeah, so. Look. I just think people, you know, and also like, try and mix it up too. Also, like I don't try and mix it up so the same people aren't every time, and yeah, that kind of thing. So, just relax, guys. You get your turn. Do our best. I think people just seem to feel a little bit entitled, Nathan. Well, yeah, I, I didn't want to say that, but you know, I'm inclined to agree with you, Glenn. And <laughs> I just sometimes I think like. <laughs> Couple of hours out of our fucking week to record, more time out of your week to edit, more time out of my back. week to fucking fall asleep yep. on the way home. Yep. Um, put my life in danger for these people, mm-hmm. these lovely people that listen yep. to our show every week. Both of us putting our fucking our marriages in danger. Exactly, because our wives don't care for it. No. Our wives do not care for this show. You could say that, or, hate any, it. or any of the people that listen to it. Quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So in, in, that was a long way around saying uh, thank you at Cavernous Hope for your excellent tweet of the ever. Beerboy182 tweeted this one today. I've been meaning to ask for a while, who is the silhouette on your logo? Is it a star player like Jerry West on the NBA? Well, have at it, motherfuckers. number of you had a guess on Twitter today. I wasn't revealing anything on Twitter. Maybe one of you nailed it. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it's actually an amalgam of more than one player because the shape of whatever, you know, didn't suit the logo and, you know, I felt like smoothing something out or, you know, something like that. But uh, I went and had a look at the logo. I know who it is. And uh, all will be revealed next week. I reckon we could change it up every year. We could. Could. Trevor Cogger next year. Yeah. If there's, Just yeah. have an outline of a couple of massive nuts. I have to scan a, scan a fucking parchment illustration of him. I might take a photograph of a cave painting of him, you know, Given the age. How fucking dare you? <laughs> Just an outline of a moustache or something? <laughs> well, you know, we could have done it earlier, or like a beard, like this week in beards. I mean, we should have done Should have. We should have fucking done that. We should have. Just as a bit of a fucking laugh, but no. The things you think of when only one of us has a beard. <laughs> could still put the coffee on, I guess. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Garbs1985. Got a couple on this theme, by the way. Mick Fanning beat off a shark? That's nothing. John Monaghan skull fucked a puppy. I can't comment. Welcome also. back, Garbs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the, the 2010 Garbs that we know and love. Andy underscore Seags. So punching is okay if it's a shark. When would the NRL address this blatant bias? <laughs> if it was Paul Gallon, it's allowed. Yeah. Corey Davis, 03. What do Mick Fanning and Nate Miles have in common? Both of them were minding their own business and were attacked by a shark. Fair call. So that, 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 that was three tweets on that subject. That was interesting footage. My thought was that sharks always came flying up from under. And, you know, the, you know, you didn't really... They're kind of more surgical. You didn't really get away without getting at least a scratch. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I've seen some fuck, theories out I there mean, that perhaps a shark got caught in the leg rope. Bit of panic thrash, get out of it. I'm, you know what? If yeah. I was that close to a shark, yeah. I wouldn't be on the fucking beach talking about it. You know why? Because I would have pissed myself to death. <laughs> <laughs> and Seriously. if the shark didn't eat me, well, that's its choice. Yeah. But I still would have been dead. 
Because why would a shark want to eat like some fucking piss covered piece of meat? I mean, go piss on a fucking on a T bone and see if you want to eat it. I'd still probably eat it. That's real. <laughs> I do love my steak. <laughs> but. Fuck, why would you fucking swim in South Africa? You seen that other video of that fucking kid surfing and the shark's like just about to go like gomp and just get him, but he's, he's luckily caught the wave. And mm. like, I mean, typical South Africans. It had to be a great white shark, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's fucking, they'll just <laughs> never get past it. Uh, Tall Hayden said, I'm going to order my Twill Nation jersey tomorrow. Opinions on whether they get a number on the back or not? Of course you should. Of course you should. I think pretty much everyone, bar nah, one. No, there was some, some vanilla motherfuckers. I think Darius Boyd got nothing. Yeah, there's, there was one person didn't get a name or number, but I think every other one may have. Anyone that doesn't order it now, we're going to make something up. Yeah. Put it on there. <laughs> Fuck, they were fun to ship because it's not like you just shove the same shit in an envelope and keep going. You actually yeah. got to match the cut up. Oh, awesome. Um, and of course, the jerseys are on sale now. We're about halfway there as of today. So plus uh, one. What you, no, that's including including my other one. Yeah, yeah. I was keeping that in mind. So yeah, so about halfway. Uh, Mister underscore wars, going through this week in league timeline to get my follow on by friending a shitload of twerps I've missed. Hilarious to find a few have blocked me. Well, it's it's not surprising. Well, it is surprising. In fact, it's outrageous. Why? Why would you block a fucking past co-host, two-time co-host of the show? Two-time? Did you do two in a row? I think you did two in a row. I think it was two, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people say I'm a shit co-host. It's just straight up disrespectful. I'm not going to bring up the reasons why Sam had to stand in for me, but you want to call me a shit yeah. co-host, go fuck, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think anyone's ever said that you're a shit co-host. Uh, let me find the tweets. <laughs> We're getting to those, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you've had your reasons at times. At times, at last yeah, week, at, at times, I had my reasons at all times. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, sometimes they're really, really fucking good reasons, <laughs> and sometimes they just yeah. And your leave card. <laughs> <laughs> Holiday booked a year ago, motherfucker. <laughs> Booked a year ago? Yes. You only told me about it like a week before. I'm pretty sure I told you about it last before. year and then we both forgot about it. Jim Panzee 15. I want my $1 back. You let me down, Glenn. You're a long-time listener, rare, rare tweeter. And the fact that you're a long-time listener is irrelevant, Jimmy, because, motherfucker, I tell you, you support the show. Like, fucking, you put your hand in your pocket. You, He bought a jersey. You get, he gets pretty much fucking everything. I mean, he's not active on Twitter. But he fucking buys one of everything, so respect to you, sir. But at the Port Augusta races on uh, the 19th of July, Sunday, just gone. Selection each way. hey 50 cent each way on Blakely. How'd we go? No good. No good. Fuck. Didn't even place. Of course not. Shit cunt. Just don't mother's last. It's spelled wrong, <laughs> to be fair. Shit co-host, shit horse. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike fucking Cora Betty, the horse. And the I know. It's actually better than the person. Devon Head. When Glenn says we next week when talking about Tigers versus Broncos, can you have him specify which team we is, please? Yeah. Yeah, Look, we'll, we'll get to it, that. It's funny that these two fuckhead Dragon supporters, <laughs> De Niro at, at M51 Avoider <laughs> and Trotters at Devonhead, fuck it, they get together yeah. generally when they're, you know, banging each other and... Um, and they're like, oh, what are we going to bag Glenn about this week? Oh, about how that time where I made up he said we when he was talking about the Broncos. Because, you know. They weren't the first ones to raise it, though. Oh, they've latched onto it. You know what? 
Even I don't listen to myself that intently. These guys are sitting there, probably nude, probably with their tiny little fucking peanut penises in their hands going, oh, yeah, just listen to Glenn talk. I just love it. I just want to hear him talk all the time. And they listen so closely. Oh, and he's like, oh, he said we. And then, you know, you can imagine what happens next. Earthboy 75. And then M51 avoided, jumps in the shower and, you know, they look, can't look each other in the eye. Whatever. <laughs> Earthboy 75 tweeted is a magnificent picture. I've seen him far too many times within a, within a week. Very unattractive. Caught him, caught him on Monday night down the Gold Coast at the Titans game I'm and then again on Sunday. But I happened to see him as I was leaving the stadium. Not very, not a very happy person yeah? on Sunday evening. Why? Why not happy? On Sunday? I, I wasn't a very oh, happy. Oh, you weren't happy. Yeah, no, I, was, I thought you said he wasn't happy. I, I was he would, walking he'd, he'd along, very happy. Jackson's still fucking whooping and hollering. Yeah. And then someone goes... Tigers in decline <laughs> from behind, and I was just turning around. I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And then Bus. I saw a smiley little face, and then he introduced me to his young bloke. Yeah, this is Earth Boy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Young bloke yeah. was one of the ones that went around the field, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, he said, "Oh, this is a guy that does the podcast." And oh, you know, you're not letting your kids listen. The young, to this, are the you? young man looked looked me in the eye, and and you know, he said, "Look, I, I respect you, sir." I respect some of these stories, mate. Some of these stories, mate. Part of it, the bit where I said, "Made it more believable." You could have gone. He said, "Please, sir, can I have some more?" <laughs> it's, my dad's a bit of a jerk. He says tigers in decline and stuff like that. And I was, I'd never do that to you, mate. I'd never do that to you. But look at this. How fucking good is that? Wally Wanker statue at Lang Park. Twill beanie and scarf on. But he's still got the fucking tigers and Best he's ever on. looked. Actually, I might, I might even tweet that picture to Wally Wanker himself. So check this out, Wally. Welcome aboard. We've got so many brain dead cunts in, in our fucking midst. May as well have someone including who's actually been... Including Earth Boy. May as well get someone, get someone in there that's actually surgically lost some of their brain. It's <laughs> a horrible thing to say, no. <sighs> Whatever stops you crashing on the way home from Channel 9, I guess. Scarecrow 23. Decide the beard is going to stay until this week in league meetup. Hash this week in beards. Salute you, sir. That's the fucking attitude that I want to hear. Because that's probably about how long mine's going to last, too. Queenslander 22. Trevor Cogger reference on 4BC tonight. Talking yeah. about the best moustaches in rugby league. It was uh, legend uh, It was one of the most beautiful uh, examples of the rugby league moustache. You should bring it back. Me? Yeah. Fuck. Bring it back in time for October. That's not going to happen. Nita Beater. First she sent us a, a tweet. And I, didn't, I didn't put this one down, but I, I believe she was listening uh, from Cologne in Germany. Another person's far too close to their brother. Just saying. Magnum. Came up to the Titans game last Monday night too. Yeah. Yep. You bring his girlfriend slash sister? No, she's in Germany. Ah. Where she was tweeting from. When she tweeted that she was listening in, in Germany. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, she could have been back. <laughs> It take that long to get back from Germany. She said, next time you need a standing co-host, I feel you should consider some female representation. Barely remember Kate the Unicorn. I barely remember Kate the Unicorn also. I barely remember either because she's lived in Melbourne for quite a while and she just moved to Canberra, so. Yeah. Um, just want to say, Jared's not that far away from a female. No. But next time, if there is ever a next time, we'll try and find a female co-host. I'm not going to be here next week. All right. Danny, you back from Hawaii yet or what? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or I, I mean, look, I think, I think, M Day. The sea bombs through the roof. She'll only want to bring a boyfriend along. I mean, her brother. Sea bombs for days. She can bring Jared Way. He can do some MCR songs for us. 
be a celebration. <laughs> They're going to stop listening, surely. <laughs> Mitch the Geo. Um, He's drunk at Newcastle on the weekend. Of course. But he said that uh, he wants to do a, a meet-up in Newcastle, round 25, Hunter Stadium. I'll sort it out when I'm sober. So there you go. I haven't people, heard from him since. People from the Hunter. <laughs> be prepared. The round 25 Newcastle game in Hunter. Well, the, There's, uh, does that mean be... the two-legged giraffes will get there? The twins? One lives in Yeah, only one of them lives in Newcastle, though. But surely one of them can get there and represent. Oh, surely the other one could just get in his fucking car and drive from Canberra. It can't be that hard. Get in a Jeep or a tank or whatever the fuck they drive in. Yeah. Or fucking slip into the turret of a fucking missile launcher and shoot his way up. Ride a drone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, arm the, arm the fucking thing and just fly into Hunter Stadium. <laughs> Take out Kirk Gidley while you're at it. Great, great tweet from a, I believe a first time tweeter. Rooster's mum. <laughs> This sounds bad. It's the McIntyre's mama. It's Timmy and Jesse's mum. R- who's Rooster then? Neither, maybe neither of them are Rooster. Perhaps she's a, she's a mum and she supports the Roosters, perhaps. Okay. I'm going to disown my son, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse MC21. I can't believe I've raised such a disappointment. <laughs> I think Timmy might have got hold of her phone, to be honest. <laughs> Look, I um, if I had two, two young men... Uh, that turned out like uh, Jesse and, and Tim have. There's there's no fucking way in this you world. You mean fine, upstanding individuals who support there's, the show no in every way, way, financially and There is otherwise. no way on this earth that I would ever consider Jesse a disappointment in comparison with his brother. <laughs> Mitch underscore J underscore Hooper. Trying to think of a good bulldog shirt design for this week in league crew to make, but I'm just not that clever or creative. You could do like a like a, a fake shirt for a resort or something like you know like Coffs Harbour Country Club or something oh. you know like something like that. You just need to get past certain things, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm past it. I'm thinking of ideas for a shirt for the guy. <laughs> Fuck, I'm just trying to be creative here. I mean, sometimes you know you just got to go free association, see what comes out. Now, uh, where are we? Rob Conlon, twenty five. Three Mitches in the Australian cricket team. Are you sponsoring them or something? Fuck no, if we were sponsoring Australian cricket team, there'd be no Mitches Speaking in there. of drones, <laughs> we've taken them out. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, we come to the part of the show that you've been dying for. Feedback on last week's episode. This will be good. Devon Head. Oh, oh, what a fucking first cab off the rank, if you, you know, pardon the pun. at Jar TV's Real Talk on all things rugby league on This Week in League. He also doesn't yawn and sniff for two and a half hours like Glenn. Probably got you there. Paul Mac underscore oh, I just explained that Jared was pinging off his head on various substances. That's true. Sorry, I'm a clean skin. Paul Mac underscore 78. Just listen to you at, at Jar TV. Just listen to you on This Week in League. Well done. Nate must be tempted to shaft Glenn with all that quality real talk. Yep. Here we go. Tempted We're to away. shaft him, like, you know, sexually, weekly. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Big hunk of man, mate. Trent Slats. Great episode of This Week in Why Glenn is a Shithouse co-host. See? <laughs> These people. Oh, no one called you that. No one said that, Glenn. No, no one said, no, no, one oh, said no, that. Oh, no, that's all. Here we are. Three tweets in. Oh, there we go. Someone said that. Exactly <laughs> yeah, that. I stand corrected. <laughs> Mr. Underscore Wars. Big ups to Jar TV for a good showing on This Week in League. Some fucking good insight and non-Gronkish commentary. Broncos and Origin recap was strong. Which means he said stuff that Sam wanted to hear. Yeah. yeah. What um, a surprise. 
Why the, be too? What sorry? a surprise! The power bottom was uh, yeah. was his submissive self. It was interesting getting the back the background story to how they got on that documentary though. Yeah, they just made it. That was pretty funny. Um, and I hadn't heard that before either. Like yeah, even at the time. YB203, oh my god, at Jar TV is making this week in League sound intelligent. Bring back Glenn for League stupidity where we love it. That's a backhander. Fuck, that's a big backhander. Robert Louis be proud of that backhander, really. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. I mean, talk about hurting the ones you love. Oh, yeah. come on. Stuart Marler. Subway guy has given the name Jared a bad look lately, but at Jar TV redeemed it beautifully today. <laughs> better debut than Kura Better Kiri. Uh, <clears throat> the biggest tiger hash hating on wife beaters hash hating on NRL digital hash hating on tigers two out of three ain't bad at Jar TV seems Twill has better depth than most NRL teams <laughs> Kurt oh mate Lanier dulcet tones not a state trader referential competence Penrith nerd equals hash team Jar TV <laughs> <laughs> of course he would be anti me what a fucking oh, surprise his, his point about the, like the tone like it, it, it was when I was editing it was like it was actually jarring to like it was like fuck there's like two deep voices it just doesn't sound didn't sound right you know what I mean I don't know that my voice is that high is it well I mean but fucking someone was saying if we was it to, wind if, wind was saying today um or someone uh was yeah it was Wind was saying we should do an episode completely on helium. Yeah. And then fucking Napoleon's sister pipes up and says um, something about how I always sound like that anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, you mean an episode just with Glenn or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Like, come on now. Really? Look, I mean, it's not that you've got like a, high, a massively high-pitched voice or anything like that, but if we wanted to get a, a, a comparable... A speaking of backhanders, I can feel the punchline coming on. I just, I just saying, if you want to, if you know, if we really want to maintain the dynamic that we've worked so hard to build over the last, you know, almost six years, you probably would need to get someone from the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> you're laughing like you, like you get, like that was a reference that you got. You know what? What? I never would have got that. Yeah. But uh, one of my favourite people on Twitter calls me LG after the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so what when they when they first started calling you LG, you um you had to yeah, go out and, and find the Wizard of Oz or Yeah, yeah, I fucking no idea. <laughs> I'd Google it and get photo you know. So YouTube found a little found a little, little, little No, song. I didn't even do that. I just saw the picture of the little yeah, little wakes and thought, Oh yeah, I know where this is going, that's good enough for me. The Lollipop Guild. <laughs> you haven't seen the song? Nope. <clears throat> Claire Simo, excellent this week in league debut at Jar TV. Strongly agree, re family tradition into supporting league and the flow on effects from TV rights. And in fact, that family tradition thing, um, for that reason, I sacrificed about 20 beers at this week in league meetup on Sunday for family tradition because I know probably four or five times that we've been to Suncorp and three or four times we've been down to um, Hope Solo with um, Killer. The one unifying fucking thing that happens after every single game. When's our turn to go on the field? When can we get on? And those two stadiums, the ones that we have the most immediate access to in terms of NRL football, the two cuntiest fucking stadiums where you're not allowed, where you get fucking beaten up if you try and get on the field after the game. However, once every five years, the answer is yeah, just throw the kid over the fence. <laughs> Why me? It's him. You're gonna beat up a kiddo. 
But he'd fucking love it. Like, he'd they, fucking love it. Would. Did like two fucking length of the field runs, just like just re- weaving through the people just because he wanted to run from goalpost to goalpost. All right. Arpop. Wank of essence. 45 minutes into this week's app, and I don't think I've heard this much concise, sensible, articulate 40, footy commentary on Twill before. <laughs> Fuck off, Schlips. Lando on uh, on Facebook said, uh, yep, great episode today, although it seemed oddly well-spoken and lacking in yawn and playing a victim. The day of the super sub is here. Fucking choke that guy with an Australian flag. It's the only way to fucking do him in. Um, email. Um, just uh, mentioned it last week. It uh, had uh, Ernie Oz sent through a, a code for a, a betting thing, like a $20 free bet with crown bet. So I basically threw it all on Broncos by 16.5 last week. Came through. So we've just about doubled the money. Nice. So uh, this week I'm going to roll it into something else. I think it's a little bit of a multi, a couple of games, with half of it, because I don't want to like go, you know, blast it down to nothing. I want to try and recover. But uh, yeah, so far, so far, so good. I had an unstoppable fucking tipping weekend. Unstoppable. I did not. There was this, um, who were they fucking ladbrokes? Had a market on an MMA card down in Victoria. Third show this guy, these guys have done. The only betting place that had any markets on this card. You couldn't multi them together, unfortunately. Otherwise, it would have fucking destroyed them. But they had a fight there between a Brazilian fucking killer who's trained with, like, you know, you know Jose Aldo and guys like that. He's been down in Australia for about two years now. Fighting a guy who partakes in drugs. Rants on Facebook on the, under the influence of drugs. <laughs> Crazy. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And they were paying $1.65 for the Brazilian to beat this guy, and he did in a minute and four, so I had to fucking throw as much money as I could afford into the account, rolled it up, and then I, uh, then I threw some... Then, then, then the next day, Ladbrokes had a special. They were paying $2 on a Broncos win straight up. Whereas previously should have been like $1.11 or $1.15 or something. Mm. So I threw as much of that as I could. And I also had some others. Uh, I had a 13 plus and a multi with uh, Broncos at the end, 13 plus. And let me tell you, there's nothing to fucking ride the emotions of a game like money. I had, th- <laughs> I, I had three bets riding on that game. The first one was just a $20 straight up bet that, you know, was going to get me 40 bucks. So that's fine. That one was, you know, obviously half time. That one was sorted. They were all sorted at half time, actually, because then I had Broncos 13 plus and Broncos 16.5. So after half time, what happens? West Tigers fucking start to play. And I lost both those second bets. And then about fucking seven minutes left. Boom, 13 plus got back. Back in. Boom, right on the end. <laughs> There's the 16. Sensational. Um, just some general stuff. Um, the run TMBs, a couple of people have uh, uh, got their run TMBs now. Uh, the rest of them will be shipping you know, later this week. Uh, run D- DCEs, a lot of them are shipped. There's more to ship. A lot more have sold since the initial shipment, so um, sensational. That run DCE shirt, I've got a feeling that that may actually even go reprint before too long. It's going so well. I think there's only about four left. No one cares. Um, well, the, the, the many, many people who bought them care. Let me tell you, and the many, many people who uh, who want them because their sizes run out, they care. And the jerseys, we mentioned it before, mentioned it again, backed by popular demand. We need to sell 20, not many in the scheme of things. We need to sell 20. We're about 10 down, so we need another 10. If you're thinking about getting a jersey... Get get a jersey because at this stage I'd say if we can get this twenty for this next one, I'd say we're pretty much tapped out. Tapped out. I mean that's yeah. So I don't think there'll be another reprint unless all of a sudden everyone decides they want to get another one or you know whatever. Fuck me, dead. Like talk about being late to the party. 
if you yeah. don't get it on the first batch and then you can't make it for the second batch. Yeah. You didn't really want it that bad. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. foul-mouthed lady. Yeah. Apparently she's... She's not on the jersey. Dayman, he's on the jersey. He's no. Born. Or was the other way around? No, they, neither of them have. No, one of them has. The fucking... Hang or on was it a membership? No, the memberships. No, they both got memberships. But the sticker, I, the sticker issue her... slowed down. The the sticker issue slowed down okay. the receipt of their membership. That's the point where we ran out. Right. So they still need to get their membership. Now we've got the stickers. They're all good. But yeah. So she was quite sheepish, saying she was a tight ass about uh, not having. I thought it was. I thought it was a jersey. No, let me just check. One one of them has bought Alex. Alex Day bought a jersey and. He bought uh, the next thing I was going to talk about, the uh, the Broncos eat sleep milf hunt yes. repeat shirt. He's bought both of those. Okay. Unless he's bought them for her. No. He's got he's grabbed both of them. So sensational effort. And your boyfriend would do that. Yeah. Now as or for a that, really nice brother. Yeah. You know. Now as for that Bronco, as for that Broncos, um, the the Bronco shirt. You know, we had the run TMB and we had the is run it, DC. It's probably not appropriate for me to buy one of those for Jackson. Of course it is. A shirt that says hunt milf. That's their halves combination. The connotation that you're getting. Don't you have to buy one anyway? He's getting one. Don't worry about it. He's getting one. Now, listen. Run TMB. Run DCE. Sold out in ten days. TMB took about three months. Broncos fans, you've been going for longer than ten days, but probably not two weeks. And and we haven't spruced it that much. And we haven't. We only had mentioned on one show, so. We've sold about six to eight of them, I think. So they're going, but they need to get to twenty-five to get going. So Broncos fans, you're a very vocal, vocal group on uh, on the tweets to this show and things like that. You know, so it's time to um, yeah, money where the mouth is. Is your shit? Is your fan base shittier, shitter than the West Tigers fan base? Well, we'll know by the end of the season if it hasn't gone to free. <laughs> so respect the shooter. Co. Eat, sleep, hunt, milf, repeat. It's on there on the front page. You can't miss it. Get in there. And if you want to get a jersey, do that too because we want to get those motherfuckers going as soon as possible. News. Okay. First story, obviously, it was the biggest story of you know late late last week and then coming into and coming into this week. Um, Sean Kenny Dow, of course, he's a bit of a shadow cast over his future for at least the remainder of the season due to potential. Well, he's been charged with ten charges. Dropped to eight. Dropped to eight around uh, basically you know, domestic violence charges in relation to his now ex partner. And I don't think we need to worry about her name, but um, yeah, the Roosters standing by him. Of course, they are leaving the decision about standing down and and whatnot. You know, they're kind of reserving it for themselves. But I believe when he, he stood out, he stood down. Like it was his decision on the weekend on Sunday's game, wasn't it? To I'm stand not down. sure. I didn't. Um, didn't hear that much. Sorry. Yeah, he with he did he did with withdraw. So there's obviously concerns for his well-being in the wake of the uh, the arrest and. Um, they couldn't contact him apparently. Um, Brian Canavan uh, said they sought police assistance to track him down. Now, there's been no plea yet in terms of the charges. It's, it's a little bit of early days for that kind of thing. Uh, and um, the NRL will take action 
if and when you know he pleads and if he pleads guilty they're expected to stand him down from playing and then determine what happens after the court case is concluded so prosecutors require six weeks to prepare a brief of evidence for the court case so it's unlikely a verdict to be reached before the end of the season <clears throat> so our thoughts on the people who perpetrate acts of domestic violence and so on with your Arvas and your Robert Louis and so forth over the history of this show Isaac Gordon Isaac Gordon have been very 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 well do- very well documented it feels like we fucking say something about it every week to be perfectly it, honest this, it does yeah so let's let's not get into the NRL needs to stamp out offenders of domestic violence because I think we're pretty clear that yeah that's the case. Sure. Right. Let's talk about the Sean Kenny Dow situation. The internet erupted. As I've got to stand down and all that sort of thing. And now I'm going to come out and say, firstly, I, I, I agree with everyone's sentiment 100%. I mean, that is, the, that is the, the knee-jerk reaction you want to take. And, you know, and everyone, you know, no one wants to stand for domestic violence as we don't stand for it. So that's what you want to do. However, until he de- enters a plea... I don't think he should be stood down. And the reason is because I'd be a fucking massive hypocrite if I was to say he should be stood down after the situation that, that confronted Brett Stewart when he was stood down with no political, not guilty and nothing against him other than, you know, innuendo and, you know, fucking news limited media. Sure. <clears throat> so, if he pleads guilty, then fucking absolutely stand him down for the entire duration and then after the fact, whatever. But... I know that Brett Stewart was one of the funniest fucking dudes like in that Manly crew. And that whole shit there, he's like completely fucking changed forever. And, you know, never well, to never to ever... life-altering experience. Never ever to come back. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you, don't, you don't ever come back from that. No. You know, if... In his situation... And, and it was interesting... <clears throat> um, to, I can't remember who wrote the article, but the general sentiment was... Mud sticks, mm-hmm. and, it does, and, and it does. And and he was, you know, he was acquitted and and in a court of law quite graphically, and quite, it played with, out with, very very um, publicly. And verdict returned in like you know a, a record time, sure, uh, and dismissed with extreme prejudice of basically how you know the attempted extortion that had gone taken place, which um, had never made its way to court. You, you couldn't go through <clears throat> something like that and have no. the public backlash that he would have copped. And and to this and day, not, still not cop changing. shit from fucking Absolutely. ignorant cunts. You see it every day on Twitter. Yeah, and but, trolls. And yeah. you, look, at the end of the day, you're one of the biggest tr- trolls I've ever encountered in my life. You know, and people people yeah, do that. I just right. I just think there's certain fucking lines and certain things that you probably just want to leave the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. And a guy that's been through a, and and been acquitted of a, a pretty heinous act. Mm-hmm. Um, and people continue to slam him, yeah. You know, to his, you know, at games to his face, all the rest. Yeah. I just think, come yeah. on, you know. So I don't want. I don't want to. There's get, got to be a common decency. Well, I don't want to go too far down that road with the, the Brett Stewart thing because I don't want to, to take away his, you know, the potential charges here from Kenya. All I'm saying is, under the current system that we are currently, you know, confronted with legally and you know within the NRL, I'd be a hypocrite to say stand to cut down. Sure. Having said that. The rules should change, and I'd be delighted if they did change the you know the way that they work things. 
and to include something, it doesn't have to be a clause in a player contract or something like that. If you are charged, if there's enough evidence to, to bring charges for one of the following things, blah, 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 then you will be subject to an immediate standing down. Regardless of presumption of innocence or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And until the charges are, you know, dealt with either way. And um, and then from there, it opens up the whole secondary issue. What happens with domestic violence offenders? Can they come back and play in the NRL? If convicted. Mm. Mm. Oh, I've got, yeah, well, we've made our, our thoughts. We said no, and, and, Jared, and Jared had some good examples last week, which are, you know, great, you know, to illustrate, you know, using things like, you know, obviously his space, like, you know, like financial guys, like, or directors, company directors that do something, you know, you can't be company director anymore. You know, you're doing, like, financial shit, you do some white-collar crimes, guess what? You can't do that job anymore. Hmm. So, there's no God-given right to play rugby league. We're not yeah. saying you're not allowed to work again. Of course you're allowed to work again. Mm. Just as the company company director who's disqualified then, you know, comes back and finds a job and does something else. You can you can do something else, but the NRL needs to draw a line and say, and say look, we're going to, you know, we're going to partner ourselves with White Ribbon. We're going to have women in league rounds. We need to fucking hold ourselves to a higher standard and say that if you've been convicted of a crime like that, then you forfeited, you, you know, you forfeited your right to employment. Just like, you know, other, like, public service jobs and police jobs and things like that, they got to, they ask you about, you know, whether you've been, you know, convicted of anything in the past and stuff. Absolutely. And they can, and they can fucking prevent you from working in that, in that space because of it. And that's all we're saying. You don't have a guy giving right to play NFL, motherfuckers. Or NRL, yeah, NRL for that sorry, NRL. Um, yeah, NFL, they fucking reward you two weeks. So like, <laughs> fucking Tom Brady gets fucking more weeks for fucking deflating, <laughs> deflating, deflating football than he does for fucking... That, that old mate gets for fucking clubbing his fucking wife in an elevator. <laughs> Unbelievable. Look, um, <clears throat> I think, you know, working within the rules as they're set out at the moment, Sean Kenny Dowell is entitled to a presumption of innocence and... Um, the charges laid against him are very, very serious, and um, he's entitled to his to his right to enter a plea and, and you know defend himself as defend defend himself accordingly. It just the thing that gets me is the prevalence of it. Yeah, you know the prevalence of assaults, and not just on women. You know, like players getting into fights. And, oh, yeah, like Will, oh, Willis me and he got sacked by the Roosters this week, you know, going back on the back of the, you know, rolling the guy outside the casino yeah. at that time for his watch and then not delivering whatever they expected of him, I think, in the follow-up to that. It's, um, that's the thing that gets me. And, you know, we've had the Ferguson thing, um, you know, other things that have been, you know, have never really quite seen the light of day, you know, the Barber situation, um, it, there just seems to be too much of it um, in what is realistically it it's a small sport you know we've only got 16 clubs 25 players each give or take yep that's not that's not a massive amount of people when you consider the amount of assaults and and, and criminal charges and things like that I thought at what point does the NRL say enough's enough? And that's when we get back to talking about a line in the sand. There is a code of conduct, code of conduct, and it is a privilege 
to play any professional sport, but from from our from from where we sit and with our passion for the game, it's a fucking privilege to play in the NRL. And you shouldn't be able to piss that up against the wall, and you shouldn't be able to use it as an ex, you know, do stupid things that should really take away your right, or take away that privilege of playing in the NRL. You shouldn't just be able to complain about it or say that oh, I'm entitled to this or, you know, if I was a banker, I'd be allowed to work again or if I was flipping burgers, then, you know, I wouldn't have lost my job. Well, the fact is, you weren't flipping burgers. Mm-hmm. You are playing in a professional sporting league. That's covered extensively by the, the media exactly. in the city where you live. And it's, you know, if that professional sporting league held itself to a to a strict code of conduct and and held every single player accountable for their actions and made examples of them regardless of their ability or their standing in the game if someone does something wrong and is you know has legitimately you know jeopardized their chances of of playing the game because of the way they've handled themselves then that's on them yep and just and then and then moving on from that, but staying on the same subject, this week there seemed to be an influx of redemption tales regarding Blake Ferguson because he played well on Sunday. Some of these fucking articles, and I don't, I'm sorry I didn't write down who the fuck wrote these pieces of shit, but like they featured lines like, you know, how good, yeah, how good is the sport of rugby league? You know, welcoming this, you know, welcoming these guys back, and you know, and you know, this troubled kid, and fucking, you know, and you know, giving them the opportunity to change, you know, to to get redemption, you know, change their life. It's fucking shit sport for doing it. Yeah, there's your fucking answer, cunts. I I I'll never understand how someone can sleep at night, and I get creative license. I get, you know clickbait I get mm-hmm. you know trying to, to generate readers you know reader or listenership but but you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't even characterize that as, as clickbait or anything no, like that but the, the thing is I couldn't bring myself to put my name to something like that if I and, what's the possible fucking agenda to doing it though you want to be mates with Blakey or you want you know some positive you know or some extra access from the roosters if if you have to pump up the tires of a, of a convicted sex offender, essentially, um, to to get a leg up in your chosen profession, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and Blake Ferguson, true redemption for Blake Ferguson, and we've discussed it on the show before. True redemption isn't some fucking hack journalist saying, well. He beat two defenders and uh, and scored a try and had a try assist. Well, he's redeemed himself from from violating another human being. Mm-hmm. And people can say all they like that you know that might be a bit over the top or or what he did in air quotes wasn't that bad or tell that to the fucking person that didn't want someone. Tell that you to know, your daughter when some fucking yeah. ran, random fucking cunt in good shape is or your wife grab, or your wife when his girlfriend fucking, or whatever fingered her against her will. Yeah. Tell it to whatever the most important fucking woman in your life is. Yeah. With a straight face. Exactly. Just, it, it, enough's enough. You know, like, what are they trying, what is the media trying to achieve? What possible, 
you know, what possible fucking uh, development or, or progression for their journalistic career could Blake Ferguson possibly provide yeah. by way of a positive article written about him? So I, don't, I, I don't understand what, what the, the personal benefit for a job well done is as a journalist. I don't understand what the, you know, they're getting paid the same no matter what. I don't understand, you know, does, you know, do they get a new fucking Ford from Uncle Nick? What, you know, I just don't, I don't understand it. And like, if, good that, <laughs> if that is the case, yeah. then they, like the NRL and like the players that perpetrate the crimes, they all need to have a fucking look at themselves and assess what's really important to them. And, and like you say, have a look. If this was someone that was important to you that that had happened to, would you be writing a redemption story about, you know, the plumber or the, the tradie that did it to your daughter? No, you'd be finding the person who you the the person who you know who can kill people or have people killed, Correct. or finding the nearest fucking firearm, you know, place to purchase a firearm, and you go and put a bull in the cunt. Just, it, it, it's fucking, it's all that's wrong with the world, unfortunately. And the NRL has all the power to change it. All they need is someone with the stones to to enforce it. And, and do it consistently, regardless of the status or the ability of the player in question. And regardless of the of the outcry of one sixteenth of rugby league fans, yeah. essentially, because you do it, the first player that cops it, it's going to be fuck it. It's going to be brutal from the, from a whinging fan base. Yeah. But you know what? I wouldn't like to lose one of my players either. But I mean, I think we've been fairly consistent on our fucking thoughts on this subject that we would say, you know, loved him when he played for our side, but, and then just really run a line through them quite happily. Mm. You know, and um, I got some good tweet, good retweets on my tweet to Fergie Fergus though. <laughs> but yeah, that's I mean that's and I'll, I'll say it to sum up. It, yeah, yeah, Blake, I address you directly. It's so wonderful to hear you're not fingering women against their will anymore. Keep it up. The world needs heroes. Amen. Sign Nick Walsh or whoever fucking wrote that bullshit story. Now another story. Jason Taylor has revealed the West Tigers' salary cap is so dire the club is over the limit for next year and it could take up to three seasons to fix the horrendous situation they're currently sitting in last place and going through a difficult transition period under new coach and management the fans are questioning why the club hasn't been more active in retaining and recruiting talent and the power brokers have been hamstrung due to years of roster mismanagement and uh yeah taylor said that um where are we here the decisions are so bad the situation's so horrendous that they can go into the market down the track, but it'll probably start to happen in a better fashion in three years' time. That's fucking diabolical. Look, I'm just going to I'm just going to start it off there, and then there you go. That's the story. Go. A lot of people have said a lot of things about Jason Taylor this season and, and his performance with the side, and um, and and a lot of those things and, and derogatory things that have been said haven't been far from the mark, but. I'll give the guy credit. He's very public and very open and honest about the fact that he's on a path and the fact that they're looking at things and trying to change things. And the salary cap, for him to be that delving that deep into the salary cap, um, in tandem, I think the gentleman's name's Phil Moss, if that's um, the guy we got from Penrith. Yeah, that's right. Um, That's, I mean... The findings and and what they've they've come up with is is deplorable, but it's the first time I've ever heard a head coach of the West Tigers be open and honest about the salary cap situation. 
Mick Potter probably didn't have the standing and wasn't there long enough to to really, um, and he probably isn't. It was a different type of personality to Jason Taylor too, which which ultimately didn't help him. But I'm sure Mick Potter had a plan. I'm sure he did. He just didn't fucking lean on it so badly to save his own bacon, like <laughs> Jason Taylor is. And dare I say, results actually indicated he probably had more of a plan than Jason Taylor. Nah, I'm. You're gonna finish with the wooden spoon, Glenn. Look, that's it's worse than next. It's worse than last no, year. None of that's none of that's guaranteed, and it depends how you look at it. At the end of the day, I, I guess he's um, he's not a not a great deal different to uh, to Potter in Potter's first season, and Potter only got halfway through his second season, and and uh, that was the end of him, really. Yeah. Um, the, the writing was on the wall, and he was dead man walking after that. I think Taylor will face a similar fate if. Um, if the first thirteen rounds of next season are anything like uh, like two thousand and fifteen, then um, you know we might end up with someone like Matt Parrish or or something along those lines. Which you know is that a progression? Who knows? Um, it's going to go. I mean, it can only really go two ways. Taylor's going to look like the guy that fucking knew what the fuck he was talking about all along. And and Tedesco in an interview earlier this week, and it's it's just annoying me that every week there still seems to be multiple articles quoting Tedesco or Brooks or Moses. Guys, just pull your heads in. Do it on the field. Well, to that, to his to his credit, Tedesco is doing it on the field. Um, but mostly, just just pull your heads in. Yeah. Sorry, we've we've really got no comment, or yep. you know, just want to focus on winning defer, games first. Defer to. to to Taylor, let him deal with it. Defer to or Robbie. Yeah, yeah, Robbie's a captain. Let him be the face of the club. Yep, yep. And you know what? The best thing about Braith and Astor, when he was at the club, took a lot of the heat off the other players. He was a very public figure, very, you know, high-profile player. Yep. Did a lot of the talking at press conferences, did a lot of talking in the media. Um, I just... These guys, they're having a horrible season and... They just need to let Jason Taylor do the talking at the yeah. moment. Focus on footy and, you know, but Tedesco insinuated, you know, people outside the club don't know what the club, you know, what is going on inside. And I take him at his word, but... It's 100% true we don't. But don't tell us that things are fucking improving when the when the losses are getting heavier. It's it's one thing you can tell as a fan, and, and, and a lot of times players and... and, and you know, senior members of football clubs, you know, they they treat the fans like fucking idiots. And because they're not, they haven't played first grade or they haven't coached a side, then they clearly don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But a fan knows all about passion and a fan knows all about application and effort. And, yep. and those sorts of things are, are quite obvious sitting on the sideline after you've paid your, your hard-earned to to sit there and watch your team dish up subpar performances. Yeah. You know what you're looking at and you know you're not happy about it and you know that you've you've by way of your investment and you, not only financially but emotionally in the club you've you fucking earn a right to have a say. Of course. So don't don't say they don't know what we're talking about. You know, they don't know what they're talking about or you know from the outside looking in you you're not really 
aware of what we're doing. Well, if it doesn't result in obvious effort and application on the field, then come up with a different fucking plan. Effort should be the basic thing, you know, like it should be the basis that, you know, that's the, no matter how good or bad the team's going, application and effort should be the fucking, yeah. the, it should be there regardless of how the results are. Speaking of the salary cap though, you know, there was a time there, I don't know if it's still the case, but there was a time there we were still paying Gareth Ellison, he was playing in England. There was a time where we were still playing Chris Hyington, he was playing for Cronulla. Um... Pretty sure there was a time we were still playing Andrew Fafita and he was playing for Cronulla. Yep. Ready to go to the Bulldogs. <clears throat> yep. Um, at the same time, we were still paying Benji Marshall. Yep. At the same time, we were still playing Tim, paying Tim Sheens. I wonder why your cap's fucked. Well, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> That's Parramatta-esque. Like, you you got to you gotta think about the Humphreys era and the, the horrible state that it left the club in. Um... I commend Taylor for for being open and honest and, and have his, having his fingers on the pulse and wanting it to change and wanting to improve it and, and being prepared to make the tough calls. His job, um, I don't know, there'd be a lot of people putting their hand up to to do his job. He's got a very tough one. He also has a very talented roster at his disposal and, uh, you know, with nothing to lose for the rest of the season, I, I wonder if... Uh, if we're going to see the type of exciting football that we know they can play, I, I just don't buy into the fact they're professionals. And, you know, teams like the Broncos and the, you know, the Raiders, Roosters, they didn't play just a defensive game. Storm. Yep. Sure, they had great defence, but given an opportunity, they will carve you up all day. Yep. Why is it the West Tigers can only <clears throat> play defence? Yeah. You know, that's... You, sorry, the opposite Aaron. of we'll score more points than them is just we'll score no points but more than them. Yeah, it's <coughs> you don't get an opportunity to win in a penalty shootout, Jase. Yeah, and you know there there are some liabilities in the Tigers' top twenty-five at the moment, and um, to say that we're going to have to wait three years for cap relief to to really get into the market, address the address the the pressing issues, and well, they're only a player away. They're only a player or two, uh, at the most, away from from having all the tools that they need at their disposal to be a serious threat. And to hear that, you know, players such as Marty Tapao, like, him and Tedesco have been the only guys that have consistently fucking turned up week after week this year. Yep. Two blokes. Yep. I'm not saying the other guys aren't trying or, or don't care, but... It it just seems like everything positive that the Tigers do starts with Tapao and Tedesco. Yep. And it just makes you wonder, you know, and to a lesser extent, Paddy Richards, he doesn't, um, certainly doesn't make many mistakes, but he's hardly an electrifying winger he's these days. He's clearly fucking, he's, he's clearly, the, the, he's, he's well on the hill, on the downhill sure. slope now. <clears throat> Evident on the weekend. But on the future, Jason Taylor said, uh, are we better than at the start of the year? Absolutely. Is that showing on the field? Not right now, but it will. I'd fucking dead set fire a coach if they said that shit to me. When I was a CEO. Don't fucking, don't try and sugarcoat. Don't try and feed me this shit sandwich and tell me it's a fucking delicious, perfectly cooked fucking schnitzel. All right? <laughs> 
has to be schnitzel, doesn't it? <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. <laughs> but yeah, let's 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 move on because I can see you, you, um, you, the life has been sucked out of you by that cunt hole of a team, and <laughs> and I need you for another hour or so. <laughs> Chrissy Sandow, fucking hell, this changes all the time. I'm not sure if this, this story's actually been updated since I last did it, but apparently, well, he's been given the week this off. This story like, sounds like you write it one day and Chapo writes it the next day, because <laughs> fuck me, it just seems like there's alternate, alternating, <sighs> dueling well, trolls. It's not even, it's not even like, it's not even trolling, but Sandow, he's, he has to decide by Friday our time whether he's going to decide to walk from Parramatta and link up with Warrington, who do want him before the English Super League transfer deadline. Now, the outstanding issues are that, um, that there's a bit of a dispute going on between Sandow and the Eels. He says that they owe him uh, 200 grand in unpaid third-party agreements, but third-party agreements, of course, by their very nature, can't be guaranteed by the by the club. Um, so I'm not sure they've got any real duty to, you know, but they're offering him 50 grand. as a bit of a, you know, catch you later, piss off. Whether he accepts well it, though, the yeah. Whether he accepts it or not, that's another question. Um, the CEO of Warrington, Roger Draper, he's uh, he's keen to have Sando on board immediately, but nothing can move forward until he and Parramatta settle the messy financial dispute. Uh, Warrington uh, weren't in the profit in the position to prop up their own offer to compensate him being left out of pocket by the Eels. Uh, quite obviously, we're interested in Chris, but there's a lot to sort out down there. We're awaiting news on a daily basis as to what the situation is. We're always looking for world class players. Sometimes these things come off. Sometimes they don't. We'll see how this one plays out. The Balls in Chris's court. Hopefully all those issues can be resolved with Parramatta and we can then have another discussion before the Super League deadline on Friday. We'll take it one day at a time and see what plays out. What so, sort of uh, container, would? what sort of cup would you need to get $50,000 worth of $1 coins? Yeah. And how long would it take to force feed him into a pokey? Yeah. Then, it's not going to be done by Friday. No, but then you've got the uh, the, the next situation that Sandow's going to get suspended... He's also unlikely to play for Parramatta again anyway, because now when they spoke about the... Uh, well, he wasn't named, obviously, uh, this week with uh, Paul Owen Kelly in the halves, but Sandow seemed to have, like... It was almost like an intentionally poor game on last Friday night against the Dogs. Unacceptable. Did fuck all. I think he had four runs. Um, made a couple... Made half a dozen tackles, missed half a dozen tackles, shot out of the line a number of times, leaving them short. It... The teammates apparently knew what was going on, and as a result, after the game, they all fucking snubbed him in the dressing room. So, he's fucking... Yeah. That shit you can't get past. No, that's it. That's a... He is, uh, you know, they talk about the coaches, but he has lost the dressing room, well yeah. and truly, and uh, you, there's no way you back. You talk about effort and application and how, you know, I just mentioned how fans, passionate fans can see that. Yep. Well... Players pick up on that too, <laughs> just quietly. And, um, you know, if it's one thing that's unforgivable unforgivable from a teammate's perspective is when you're out there, people are trying to bust their ass for the team and you're out there taking the piss. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, unacceptable. Next up, Bench Hart, Benji Marshall, has been snubbed by the Kiwis and it may see him end up in the dark blue of Scotland. Uh, he's believed to have Scottish ancestry. <laughs> that's as detailed as the story. Is he believed... To have a Scottish ancestry. He's understood to have met with Scotland rugby league coach Steve McCormick in Sydney in June. McCormick made the trip to meet players with Scottish Scottish eligibility and um, discussions understood to be ongoing. So Benchy, he's played uh, 27 tests for the Kiwis, captain the team in the 2008 World Cup and 2010 Four Nations victories. 
hasn't played for New Zealand since 2012 with his break, including that uh, stint over there in rugby for the Blues. If he does turn to the dark blue of Scotland, he could play against the Kiwis in next year's Four Nations. I remember when Benji was very young and uh, he made his debut for the Kiwis and he spoke about playing against the Kiwis for the Australian, uh, was Australian school board or something yep. like that. He said it just didn't feel right. He said that he, you know, he was a Kiwi and he was always going to be a Kiwi and he, yep. he loved the jersey and he loved the harker. And... <laughs> now he's going to run out for fucking Scotland. Yep. It's just, that's Benji Marshall to a fucking T. The attention, the spotlight is fading. I'm going to turn it back up. I'm going to put a kilt on. I'm going to eat myself some haggis. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get out there and whatever the Scottish national fucking war dance is, I'm pretty sure it's just <laughs> belting blokes in a fucking pub. Um, disappointing. At the end of the day... If you're a Kiwi and you're a proud Kiwi and as proud as Benji Marshall has has professed to be over the years, would you really be tartan up for the tartan? Yeah, but, I mean, there's a long tradition of players who once they've, you know, passed their their representative peak, they then go and play, you know, like Kiwi players go play for Samoa and things like that. I get a guy that's Fijian that's played for Australia and finished his career for, you know... Name well, one not, time. Name one time in in Benji Marshall's entire fucking career, where people have said, "You know what? He's a chance of playing for Scotland." Oh, that time he was fucking had movie movie night over at fucking Sheen's place, and they watched Braveheart. Good enough for me. Seen Braveheart? Bench Hart. Lock him in. <laughs> look, I think. Look, I think it's fucking great to have a player that's like you know not going to figure in the representative shit playing in uh in like a Four Nations thing. It'd be electrifying. Imagine being what, you know... Publicity-wise and what it would do, you know, for, for Scotland's chances of, of, you know, being that much more entertaining and... Those and Scottish players will grow three feet taller and they fucking need to to catch his passes on the sidelines, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> but, it was, you know, I, I think having, you know, players that are, are good or were good, you know, stars, if you will, can only help the expansion of the game. And yeah, as we've said numerous times, Kiwis are in this position now almost. But you know, Australia can field three sides that are fucking go all right internationally against anybody. Kiwis get to the point now where they can probably field one and a half. And they still don't quite have that depth internationally sure. as we do. But their top line, you know, guys are fucking good. But um, so look, I think the more I think the more the merrier. Let's start looking digging into the world, digging into the uh, the birth certificates again, see if we can find some more Scots to partner him. <laughs> Now, um, this one, luckily, we were recording extra, uh, you know, after a, a day late because um, last night, uh, word is that there's going to be a, uh, a massive potato clean out at Manly with 14 players reportedly told they're not wanted for next season. Unfortunately, some of those some of those aren't actually potatoes. Um, when I talk about Matt Ballin and um, I think Dynamis Louis as well was one of the ones on the list. They're two guys I'd want to keep. However, other guys on the list like uh, Luke Burgess, James Hassan. Josh Starling, Justin Horro, Felini Matteo, Willie Mason. Look, I think Willie Mason's been okay this year. Yeah. Um, Matteo's been okay at times. I mean, he's had some brilliant games and he's had some potato games. Um, most of the other guys on the list, though, 
absolute fucking potatoes. I mean, I don't know how helpful it is to re- to release so many players at once. But I mean, if you want to fast track, you know, aside, you know, back to the you know premiership contention, then if you've if you're down the pathway of negotiating with players from other teams, and you've established that these positions are going to be replaced, and you can fucking and you know you need to free up the cash to get these you know other guys you're talking to in. Then you know, so be it. I mean, I know there's some amazing guys coming up from the lower grades. I don't know if I'd be just firing people, you know, releasing a whole bunch of people, you know, and actually leaning on those kids immediately. But you know, I don't think that'll be the case. I guess we'll see what Bozo has up his sleeve. And uh, but yeah, the Matt Ballon thing—he's under contract. He re-signed for another two years. You want to fucking sort that situation out because you want to kill culture and fucking you know and and have a, a fan revolt. Do something to Matty Ballon. I fucking dare you. I mean, that dude is fucking beloved. He is. By me too. And I'll fucking, if they do something to him, I'm not saying I'll be done professionally, but yeah, very bad taste. Very bad taste. Now, talking about in the commentary of the game on Monday night that Luke Burgess is thinking about going to Japanese rugby. By all means, fuck off, you potato. Fucking Japanese, you'll get, you'll, you'll hear in Japanese what a fucking potato you are too. Don't worry about it. Learn the word. Learn it. Emo. There you go, you fucking potato. We'll get to you later, cunt. Um, wow. Fucking useless cunt he is. Uh, now we've done that one. Finally then, Marvel jerseys. It's that time again. They obviously teased them a couple of weeks ago, giving you no insight as to what they were, but they've been fully named and released and they got their little ads out and you can go down the shop and you can go down to your club and you can buy them from the store. And look, that's a fantastic thing. And I think ISC have done a wonderful job a wonderful job of designing and manufacturing these beautiful jerseys. I want to hear for, well, firstly, oh, I, want, I want to hear from the, I want to hear from the members. Oh, sorry, the listeners for their team. If their if their team is a, is a is a participating team, what do you think of your team's jersey? Now, I think they're all fucking fantastic, except for the Tigers. I think I think there's um, they're all reasonably good, except for the Tigers. Uh, Manly one, thousand percent better than last year. I fucking love that Daredevil season too. So I mean, I'm so on board Daredevil one. I think it's fucking awesome. Um, I think that the the darker the darker blue, you know, Winter Soldierish um, Captain America one for East is excellent. I think that was the best one last year. I think it's even better this year. Yep. Um, the Canberra one. I mean, they've just basically switched it to a green jersey on top of the Hulk rather than the white jersey on top of the Hulk. Same. It's you know, it's not the same, but it's you know, same sort of ballpark. I think uh, maybe slightly better this year. Uh, the Iron Man one. They've just really they've just changed the updated the suit a little bit and put a bit more glow around the fucking arc reactor on the in the middle of the chest. So same, same. If you had one last year, I don't think you'd go out and buy yourself another one too quick. Um, the Thor one. Yeah. So, yeah, same ish. I think it's better than last year too. There's just more detail in it, but uh, you know, that's okay. The Newcastle Spider Man one, it's a good Spider Man jersey. It's a li- it, it feels a little bit plain when you see it on like, the players. It seems mm. like, you know, cause it's just like two colours, blam. Like, but I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's fucking Spider Man. It's pretty cool. Um, and is there any that I'm missing out before I get to the West Tigers? I don't think so. No, I think that's it. Alright, so um, yeah, West Tigers. It was, it was so obvious to me that the Tigers, given they wear fucking orange, mm. would be the thing. And you could have done something similar to what Canberra did with the Hulk. Mm-hmm. 
You could have done that with the... Well, you could have not done something similar to Canberra too and just done like the fucking, you know, the, the, the Rocky... The, yeah. Sure. The only problem is, I mean, the Fantastic Four rights for the movie lie with uh, with Fox, I believe. And yes, they did do a Wolverine one for Manly last year, but I think there was there was extreme extenuating circumstances on that with, you know, leaning on Hugh Jackman, mm. you know, relationship with Manly. So removing that, I think that ideally they'd probably want to not have anything in the mix that isn't run by... Marvel Studios. When which you is have why Tigers we get fans, Avengers and, and Daredevil on TV, like you know, which is just the series is just sure. ended. When you have Tigers fans saying, "Which superhero is that?" Yeah, War Machine wasn't a fucking superhero. He's yeah. part of the Iron Man thing, but he's not Iron Man. He's like he's he's got the he's got the tech because he's his friend and he stole it. Yeah. <laughs> He was kind of there. <laughs> we got some. I mean, the the um, the West Tigers um, one has been. Well, it's not even polarizing. It's just been universally panned, especially by Tigers fans. But generally, general people in in general, I've got some tweets here because we only really got tweets about the Tigers one. And uh, it was a J W M. Uh, sorry, J W McKellar. Congrats, West Tigers! First team to appear as a sidekick in Marvel round. <laughs> Hash super sidekick round. Hash letdown. Tall Hayden. So Dragon's an Iron Man. And West Tiger's an Iron Man sidekick. How the fuck? Hash can't, can't spark. He's got there. That's probably a typo. Is it, we have to hold their pocket too? I didn't get it. Um, presumably happens in prisons everywhere. But remember the prison on the TV show Prison Break? Did you ever watch that? There's a character, Teabag, who was like kind of like the... He wasn't the toughest dude, but he was, kind of, he was a bit of a psycho. And he was kind of the guy that, you know, get the new guy in jail. And yeah, he'd protect him. But, you know... You'd have to be his bitch kind of thing. And his thing was that he'd pull his pocket out and the and the bitch had like hold the pocket as they walk around the yard. Right. Like a signifier of their, of their role. <laughs> um, Matt Jim, Frank B. So much like the West Tigers aren't a rugby league side, War Machine isn't really a superhero. Hash just knows a guy. Just and, knows a guy. Yeah, Unky uh, D. Put a cape on Stephen Hawking and make him a Marvel character. That's the Tigers Marvel jersey this year. Yeah. Why can't we have a Napoleon jersey? The problem with the, the War Machine jersey is I don't even think it's a particularly good War Machine jersey. No. If you're, not, if you're going to go there, go all the way. Fuck the orange off. You don't need the orange on the arms. I know you think you need to make it a West Tigers jersey, but you didn't fucking do anything for Manly last year. Mm. You just made an excellent Wolverine jersey and just happened to be a shithouse Manly jersey. Um, look, next year, this, the, the, the bright side for the Tigers, and it fucking kills me that this is going to be the case because I can see into the future and I fucking know what's going to happen. I see you're going to do this thing next year. All those teams are going to re-up again. They might drop guys like the Roosters and stuff out because how many fucking Captain American jerseys can you really make? Um, well, I've done it two, changes his I mean, suit every fucking movie. So yeah, but how many more movies is, is you know you know will you see Captain America before next year? A Winter Soldier will be out for next year, so they probably, they probably will do one because they want to pump it. Is there another um, Winter Soldier coming? Not Winter Soldier, sorry, um, Civil War. Civil War. So I don't know when it's going to come out. They're doing it now though. But what they are doing though is Punisher is going to start appearing in the next season of the Daredevil TV show and Punisher is going to have his been green lit I think for the, his own series as well so what that means is the fucking Punisher jersey where's my Punisher over there somewhere absolutely fucking custom made for fucking black and white for West. West and that's going to be the coolest fucking Marvel jersey ever so hopefully your guys are like Manly, whereas last year they got ass fucked on the jersey. But I mean, I remember at the time when I was bitching about it to you know my people in the know, 
And they said, no, next year. I mean, we're basically participating in it contingent, contingent. Next year, we're getting our own colours and, you know, it's going to be a maroon jersey. So, and, and you know, and we got it. So, that's the silver lining, hopefully. I mean, it seems so fucking obvious. Like Punisher, it's going to be something that Marvel are pushing. The closest team to black and white are going to be your guys. I mean, you might get some fuckheads going, well, oh, not enough orange. <laughs> but hopefully, they'd be satisfied enough to the point where, like, hey, it's a fucking Punisher, dude. Mm. It's a fucking awesome. So, yeah. So, how fucking cool would that be on a jersey? You buy yeah. fucking 10 of them. You, got, you just go, yeah, the Punisher jersey? You just fucking, you want this Ben Grimm, do you? You just want it to happen. Oh, I just... Yeah. I Why couldn't you be fucking Human Torch flamey one? That'd see that work. It'd look like a Warriors jersey, yeah. though. Yeah, well, probably would. <laughs> the Warriors have got that flamey one, like a... If I've seen it in the, in the, in the, the window at Sports Co every time I walk past there, no one's buying it. No. <laughs> She's going to sit on that mannequin for the last three years. Yeah, I mean, so even that, but anyway... Okay, for you Twill Nation motherfuckers, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the chance to check them out free, like I said. So if you like it, you can keep on rolling. If you don't, cancel the account any, any time and, uh, yeah, won't cost you anything. So to get you guys started, I'm going to throw two of my favorite books at you that you might want to try. Um, when I looked them up, actually, to see if Audible had them, I found out that they actually had, uh, they both had the same reader attached to them who's on the best in the business and um they have a, they also have a bit of a bit in common with the basic premise as well now i look at them first one swan song by robert mccammon and this uh this story is basically basically um kicks off cold war stuff escalates we have a nuclear war and uh some people get thrown together by circumstances one of them is like a former pro wrestler and there's a young girl who through exposure to you know the radiation or whatever somehow develops um some special powers and they basically uh, go on a journey together, pick up some other people, meet some other people, while being pursued by some evil motherfuckers who are happy with the status quo. And uh, obviously, they want to, you know, use her powers to, you know, try and heal the world. Um, if you like The Stand by Stephen King, I mean, it's a similar sort of epic ballparky kind of thing. The second one, and I, honestly, I did not think I just thought of the two, my, like two of my favourite books off the top of my head. And um, then the second one, The Road by Cormac McCarthy. You may have seen the movie that they made of it. Um, it's yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a laugh a minute riot, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning novel about a father and son walking through the ashes of bleak post apocalyptic America, looking for the coastline, thinking something is hoping there's going to be something better when they hit water, hoping to find something better, and uh, yeah, and their adventures along the way. So yeah, it's a laugh riot that one. Let me tell you, if you're feeling fucking terrible about your life, read that. It'll make you feel better <laughs> real quick. But the reader, um. What's his name? Tom uh, Tom Steschel is uh, hasn't acted in a lot. He's an actor, but he hasn't acted in a lot. But as far as uh, audio books are concerned, he's fucking gone, and he's one of the best in the business. And um, try one of those books out; uh, you won't be disappointed. Um, if you're into the more fantasy side of things, Swan Song's kind of like the it's the, the post-apocalyptic thing with some fantasy in it, whereas The Road is very much more you know straightforward. Um, drama kind of thing but both excellent excellent books and uh to get yours audibletrial.com forward slash this week in league again that is audibletrial.com this week in league for your free audio book 
Do you have a book you'd like to recommend? I'm, we're gonna, I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna hit you next week on this if you don't do it this week. Look, we're gonna do it every week. I come up with every week. Prior to uh, the events of a couple of years ago, would have said Lance Armstrong. I had a bite. feeling I was gonna. I was gonna put that one on there. Um, fuck me, I lived my life by that book every fucking day. It's why your shoulders so fucking now because like you were living strong. Oh yeah. But now, I, now, you're, now you're living. Now you're living biscuit. <laughs> now, now the EPO has worn off, and uh, I am a broken man. Um, also loved uh, Richard Branson's uh, autobiography as well. Yep. Um, very fucking inspirational tale, and uh, certainly took a long, uh, took a lot out of that. As far as um, him getting started, I mean, he's. I think I got more out of listening to how he got started than, um, than the tales of the things he he had done and achieved after he had made his money, like. Yep. Um, when he was, you know, like a university student and stuff like that, just, um... So which one? Because I'm just looking at Audible now and they've got like a fucking dozen Richard Branson books. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I think the one you're talking about, the one I think that we have, um, uh, at our place... Losing My Virginity? virginity? That's, I've got, I've actually got that book upstairs. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one. So there you go. Fantastic. There's your first recommendation, Losing My Virginity by... Richard Branson and I'm just going to click into it that's an abridged one so they might have an unabridged one as well but it seems like from the look of it it might be Richard Branson actually reading it as well so that would be probably you know mm. quite interesting having the actual author reading it so there you go some of the stories about um, his ballooning yeah the like oh when he's going for the records and stuff yeah yeah fuck like some harrowing shit goes on like up almost there. dying yeah yeah like they get into like the jets, the air jet streams of like get the balloons up that high, yeah. and they get into the fucking jet stream where it, but it's it's so precarious. Like you've got to get it just right, otherwise it can fucking rip the balloon apart. Or yeah. if it, you know, it's it's fucking amazing. There you go. There's three solid recommendations, and uh, there's bound to be something for everyone in those. It's so audibletrial.com forward slash this week in league. Go there, sign up, get your free ebook. If you like the service, keep it going. If not, cancel it. No skin off our nose. Let us know what you think and uh, let us know if you sign up. Exactly. Because it is a, a big help to the show. And it's just another way you can help the show without actually uh, you know, buying jerseys and things like that. So I uh, had someone this week, um, and I just I want to say, who the fuck was it? I feel terrible forgetting who it was who sent it to us. But they sort of said, you know, do you want, you know, have you ever thought of setting up like a, a Patron account thing where it's like many people almost like donate, you know, like cash? And like, look, you know, we'd rather give people. You know, like do the shirts and do the jerseys. Like, so actually, yeah. like we're giving people something as well. You know, like for their money. Um, but yeah, this way, this way, it's not even your money. Sign up, order, we'll get a free ebook. Enjoy. I think if you're going to donate money, enjoy. you yeah. know, I think if you're going to donate money, there's far more worthy causes that you can just hand cash over to. Yeah, if, like, if you're that way inclined, I, I think. Mean, yeah, you know, by all means, like you know, buy us, buy some Midori del Loco or something like that. But I feel kind of, you know, the donation thing for me, yeah, yeah. Does, does, yeah, doesn't yeah, sit right, doesn't no, feel right, yeah. exactly. I'd rather you guys get something as well, like a shirt or you know, like a kick ass jersey or something. Sure. In this case, don't have to put your hand in your pocket, grab a free audiobook, enjoy. Recaps of 
round 19 of the 2015 National Rugby League Telstra Premiership. Kicked off Friday Night Football, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 28, defeated the Parramatta Eels 4. Crowd just over 17,000. Doggies, 28, came from a double to Frank Pritchard. Josh Jackson, Brett Morris, Curtis Rona also with tries. Hodkinson, 4 of 5 conversions. Defeat the Eels, solitary try to semi. And that is it. The season, first, I guess, third quarter of the season or so uh, for Parramatta was filled with so much promise. They were starting to find their feet. They were playing some promising football. And... I have to say, even with Jared Haynes' departure, 2015 was supposed to be different for, for Parramatta. And, you know, they'd, they'd built a squad that, you know, looked to be competitive. Brad Arthur was saying all the right things. They had a, a solid preseason, And, unfortunately, the Chris Sandow circus is, is really starting to detract from, the, uh, from their other competitive performances earlier in the season. He's... Um, We've already spoke about his application and his effort in this game. It was virtually non-existent, and and when you you know such a pivotal player in your side is turning up, turning it up like that, yeah, um, you end up with a twenty-eight to four drubbing, and and really should have been more. The the excuse me, the dogs did actually bomb a couple of tries, um, despite the fact winning so, they won so convincingly. I think the dogs really continue to do what they need to do um, under the radar, if you will, which is a trademark of a Des Adler type side, even during the Manly years. Um, he's really uh, just got them building slowly and, and tapering for the finals, but geez, they play some good footy. Brett Morris coming into his own at fullback. Um, dangerous sign for the finals. Interesting to see him and his brother bomb a try. <laughs> you know, like clear like, cut. Normally, that'd be you know shut the gate. That was like Pomeroy twins. You would have thought. Yeah. You, know, if you, if you didn't know better. Yeah, exactly. But um, just the way Morris is, is growing in confidence at, at fullback, he's sort of popping up through the middle of the ruck and, and copping offloads now, and um, that's a sign of a fullback at, at you know at peak confidence and uh, a guy with that sort of ability and that sort of speed and anticipation is is, is going to get more dangerous. So. Um, I wouldn't really want to be playing the dogs between now and the finals and certainly not um, deep into the finals either because they're uh, starting to taper in the right direction. Okay, uh, Rev Sunny 101. Garth the Sex Pest, as he's now come to be known. <laughs> scum in, scum out. Dispatching para is practically a public service. You're welcome, Rugby League. Wow. He's tweeted that to the eels as well. <laughs> Uh, G Campbell underscore 88 I thought the quality of games was supposed to get better post-origin this game is an abortion in the Hope Solo Coliseum well it wasn't played at Seabus that's a Hope Solo Coliseum but yeah I appreciate doing that Ah uh, Benso coming to us from Wales Vagina California wow did you get that reference? no nah. Jesus Christ Free Willy Migaloo Sandow, you Maybe tosser. Dick. Glenn, you tosser too. Wake up to yourself and have a go, you mug. We don't expect brilliance. We do expect effort. Jeez, take Sandow out of there and replace Glenn with references. <laughs> <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Was freezing. Ref was a dick snot. We were crap in the first half. We bombed heaps of tries, yet still won. Oh, yeah, go doggies. If I didn't know better, 
I was like, he was smashing the Uzos when he tweeted that. He was 12 (laughs) years old. Voodoo Rock. Para can't use ref's fault this week. We just have the usual Hash Sandow's fault. Melbourne Storm 52 defeated the Penrith Panthers 10 down at Amy Park in front of just under 12,000 people. Storm 52, here we go. Double to Cooper Cronk. Tohu Harris. Double to Proctor. Double to Corabetti. Blake Green. Fanua. Kenner. Also a try. Six of 10 conversions for Cameron Smith in his 300th game. 300 games have been a cunt. And uh, Penrith. Blake. Peachy tries. Soured one from two conversions. The end. After some pretty promising performances and gutsy performances in recent weeks and, and certainly over the last couple of months with some of their injuries, Penrith really hit rock bottom here. They um they just some of the missed tackles and the way they fell off uh, some of the defensive duties was pretty embarrassing for them and it reminded me of the West Tigers and that made me sad. Um Cronk and Smith played like Origin three never ended. Just just wonderful form. Really uh Cronk was was everywhere. Smith controlled things from the ruck, and and, and once they got a roll on Penrith, just had no answer for it, and uh, the storm just kept powering. Kept they were relentless, and it was a bit like the storm of a few years ago. Um, I keep saying that I'm waiting for them to to drop off a notch or or three, given their age um, of of their biggest stars. But you know, there's only two out of three playing, and they bashed a Penrith side that was pretty dominant not you know a couple of weeks ago so I think for the Storm the most impressive aspect was the performance of their supporting cast um, it wasn't just Cronk and Smith and people just falling over the line as a result of their brilliance guys like Green and and, and people like that um, Corey Betty had some good touches out wide um, and and you know no real howlers to speak of um, just some real classy touches from guys that you know are playing second fiddle to Smith and Cronk at the moment. So um, that's only going to help them if if they can take some of the load off off those bigger bigger name players. Uh, certainly heading into the finals, it's uh, it's a good sign for the Storm. Jar TV, fuck you, Nate. You gave me the cursed chair that turns your team into a pack of decliners. Ash, low flying excuses. That's true. Cameron Smith is Wilson Fisk. There's a reference Glenn will never get. Exactly. Shunter 86. Lucky I skipped watching the game and watched Ant-Man instead. I wish I had a yellow jacket so I could find a hole to crawl into. Shit fan. R-pop. Slips. LOL at Sowers' defence to start this game. He's been run over slash through more times than a tie hooker's first night on the job. Did you watch Ant-Man yet? Not yet. It's coming though. Sensational. You haven't watched Guardians of the Galaxy yet though. Nope. It's coming. It's always fucking Christmas. The Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 21 defeat Canberra Raiders 20 GIO under 10,000 in attendance. The uh, Sharkies 21 came from tries to Holmes, Latelli, and Fafita. We had two conversions from Michael Gordon, two penalty goals from Michael Gordon, a field goal from Holmes, and the Raiders, their 20 came from a double to Edric Lee. Josh Papali also with a try. Croker two or three conversions to two penalty goals. Horrible video ref decision. Um, turns out it didn't cost the Sharks, but fuck me. It's, yeah. It's as bad as it gets. Like, it was, it was pretty fucking blatant, wasn't it? I, I thought so. <clears throat> and some of these things can be a little bit subjective depending on that the was, camera angle. That but was sent up as try, though, wasn't it? Yeah. So the, the fact that it was sent, I mean, 
if it had been set up as no try, I still would have awarded it, me yep. in the box. Absolutely. Because it seemed pretty obvious. I mean, some of like, you know, if they're going to award your fucking, you know, Noffle Luma upside down try the other year, <laughs> I mean, where there's clear separation, why wouldn't you award this, for God's sake? I think Sharkies have actually put together a pretty impressive run of form recently. Um, they've got a lot of the tools to make some noise in the finals, but they're still the Sharks. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. You know, you... Like a flog by Manly last week, so let's you know, relax. I agree, but they've got obviously Gallon. Yeah. You know, Fafita, Lewis, some really, you know, I mean, experience with Lewis and Gallon. Fafita can be dynamite on his day. Um, they've got Barber, you know, who knows? You just never know whether Barber could turn, turn on a, you know, a patch of form that saw him win the 2012 Dalian medal. Uh, Valentine Holmes, Jack Bird. Um, as, Ro- as long as Robson's not Robsoning, and he's not a guy that makes thousands of mistakes, he just does fuck all, cre- you know, creatively. Yep. I feel. Yep. Um, Ennis at hooker, some good toilers in there as well. There's, there's the makings of a of a, a half reasonable side, but they just there's nothing to say that they're going to go. There's nothing to say they're even going to make the eight. I've seen, I've, I've seen people claiming they're like, you know, darkies and everything, but I just can't... I've, yeah, they're still the sharks. The shark's yeah. going to shark. Um, and they're not even the kind of shark that attacks McFanning. Like, well, even that shark, I mean, you know, hey, he got to a final, so I mean, fucking credit to him, the others can't, but he didn't fucking nick him. Didn't even get a tooth on him. I mean, and and, and on his home maybe field. Maybe he was, maybe he was on holiday from Cronulla, who knows. This is controversial, but if Valentine Holmes is a loyal shark, as in, if he doesn't jump ship for way more money in a couple of seasons, he's a chance to end up one of the best Cronulla players ever. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine him actually staying there, though. He he's that much of a talent. If he wants to have a career, successful career in rugby league, here we go. He'll sign with Manly. No, just elsewhere. I mean, it doesn't have to be Manly. Mm. Could be any number of clubs, basically anywhere except for Cronulla West, <laughs> Parramatta. <laughs> just uh, I don't know. It just seems really calm under pressure. Um, they say that the the best players always have time, and he he certainly has that attribute. Uh, but you know, in years to come, I, I didn't get the privilege of seeing Steve Steve Rogers, but uh, certainly watched a fair bit of McGaw, Eddinghausen, Gavin Miller. In those days, yep. Um, I don't know any of those guys were as calm under pressure as as what Valentine's home, Valentine Holmes is uh, at, at times at this early stage of his career. So, uh, if he can stay healthy and he uh, stays loyal to the Sharks, then there's good times ahead for Sharkies fans. Still no premierships, but Luke Shark seventy four. How much did the refs not want the Sharks to win? Hash ref even up. Karma bitches. P.S. It a dick Raiders. <laughs> Soulsy 4 Absolutely fucking shattered. So many tight games this year for losses. Shana 86. A lot of frozen dick-shaped popsicles will be eaten tonight. What Hash, was funny that? Funny fan sharkies. That was some funny shit. But what was it? I don't know. Was it, was it, was it photoshopped or was it like actually like a dildo or I don't know. But that was fucking... It was sensational. We favoured it and retweeted like- it. Go check our timeline. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. Um, special K online. Just came so hard my ears popped. Hash ref's fault. 
Newcastle Knights 30 defeated the Gold Coast Titans 2 at Hunter Stadium. Why did you have to read that one? <laughs> because, A, there wasn't a lot of fucking tweets about a Cronulla versus Raiders game. That's one. Two. It's funny. <laughs> Sharks tweets are all about K furiously masturbating or ejaculating. Yep. Or some, you know, some opposition entity eating, you know, numerous, you know, bags of dicks. Newcastle Knights 30 defeated the Gold Coast Titans 2. Just over 10,000 in attendance at Hunter Stadium. The Knights 30 came from tries. The Kirk Gidley, Jake Mamo, Tarek Sims, Jared Mullen, Danny Levy, uh, Tyron Roberts, tries. four of five conversions and a penalty goal. Titans, penalty goal to sexy eyes. The end. How bad are the Titans? We've been talking about the Knights being the worst team in the comp for a good month now. Look, no, I mean, I'm, hap- got I'm, I'm happy for the. I'm happy for the for the did that to be like you know worst team of Palooza and now the, the the winners of the worst team of the Gold Coast Titans until further notice. Fair enough. As long as the Tigers aren't in there, I don't care. Really love the Henny Penny retro jerseys for the Knights. Um, just you know, hark back to simpler times, Nathan. Yep. When the Knights hadn't won any premierships. Super League didn't stain our sport. (laughs) (laughs) Really solid win in horrible conditions for the Knights. It pissed down rain. Um, The crowd was shit. And they still managed to put together some slick attack and and really put the Titans to the sword. Um, Titans really never really in the game. And and they didn't just play wet weather weather football and and crash over. They they moved the ball, shifted the ball around and uh, played some entertaining footy. So... Um, haven't seen enough of that in 2015 from the Knights, but... That's like the first four weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, then there's a big lull in between, so... it's It's been a tough year for them. They'll take some confidence out of this win. Uh, where are we? The biggest tiger. Gay guy, like all Knights fans, had a heart attack when they saw they were leading. Hatch too soon? Never. Aussie 86. Daniel Mortimer will look good captaining a Queensland Cup side next year. Ash useless. And not they don't buy any halves. Yeah. G Campbell underscore 88. The Knights have teams above them looking over their shoulder now, making a charge at the top eight after winning. Hash one in a row. Jesus. Cavernous hope. That is the Knights team that will win the comp undefeated asterisk. And uh, Corey Davis, 0-3. 70th minute, Daniel Mortimer assisted from the field with multi- with a possible complete and utter lack of rugby league ability. St. George, Illawarra. Oh, sorry. Goes to show you don't get to... Um you get, don't get to pick the amount of ability you have regardless of your surname. South Sydney Rabbitohs 24 defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons 8. The uh, the Rabbits, oh, sorry, just over 18,000 there at the SCG. And uh, the Rabbits tries to Dylan Walker, Adam Reynolds, Alex Johnson and Luke Keary. Reynolds 3 or 4 conversions and a penalty goal. Dragons 8 came from tries to Justin Hunt and Josh Dugan with zero conversions successful from the boot of Gareth Widdop. Dragons sliding. Rabbitohs coming into their own. It must be round 19. That Homer Simpson meme where he slowly retreats back (laughs) into the hedge. Um, Never a more accurate representation than than Dragons fans at this stage of the season. I think the Dragons are now getting a taste of what the Tigers fans dealt with from, you know, sort of 2012-2013 with Benji Marshall, um, where he really was... Just playing really poorly, not injury affected. Um, you know, for previous 2006 to 2009, he was really uh, most of the time he was 
coming back from injury or, or getting injured. Yep. Um, 2012-2013 was, was absolutely rock bottom for Benji Marshall. Uh, certainly in a Tigers jersey and, he, and he's, he shows the odd tendency towards that type of form from uh, far more far too frequently for, for Dragons fans liking. Adam Reynolds certainly is kicking games back to his best. Uh, starting to look like very much the boss out there again and that's that's a great sign for, for the Rabbitohs. They can uh, draw a lot of confidence from that and they, they do uh, seem to be a much better side with, with him there as, as a starting halfback, getting them organised and a lot of the times kicking teams into submission. He's, he's got a wonderful kicking game and and his organisation and, and, and talk out there is only getting better. Stuart Marler. Benji Marshall brings a lot of experience to the Dragons. A lot of experience of being beaten by South at the SCG. Karim Karan. Tried watching the Suffs versus Dags game. I couldn't stand the shitty camera angles. Is it so hard putting cameras on a platform? I loved it being at the SCG, though. Yeah. I love the nostalgia and the history of it. I'll tell you the one on the camera thing. Gee, I'm getting fucking sick of that ref cam. Yeah. It's just like... The, it just the, doesn't the, add to the... The picture's poor quality and you just get like, oh, fucking, you know, bobbing around, you know, right up in players' faces. You know. No. Kill it. And the tool bag that's fucking wearing it. Devonhead, fuck South Sydney, fuck the heart of the Dragon Squad, fuck the SCG's a league venue, and fuck the haters. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> nice one, Trotters. Sydney Roosters 24 to feed the New Zealand Warriors nil at Allianz. And a decent crowd there for the Roosters, just over 16,000 people. And the Roosters 24 points came from tries to Guerra, Maloney, Blake Ferguson, Roger Tuivasa, Sheck. Four from four conversions to Maloney versus Duck Egg, New Zealand. Got to say, the Chooks were very impressive, but it's hard to get too excited with Blake Ferguson contributing to their results. Um, this one could have been a lot worse as well with the Roosters bombing a couple of a couple of certain tries. Spectacularly bombing. Yeah. And um, the Warriors didn't really offer much at all and and consequently got handily beaten and, and really could have been another 12 or 18 points on top of this. Mm-hmm. Um and there wouldn't have been a fucking thing the Warriors could have done about it. Tuvasa Sheck, Jennings and Maloney, all major players in this one, and, and, and Pierce still to come into his own. But uh, I think if they can... with Pierce post-origin, I think if, if they can get him back focused on strictly club football and, and playing the way that he does his club football, uh, not forgetting that... It, He's clearly one of those players that is fantastic at club level and just is somewhere in between club and origin. Yep. He's been shoehorned into origin by the media and, and you know, coaches that are, are far too susceptible to, to media or public opinion um, and pick their sides accordingly. Um, I think he's been a real victim of that. But his club football for, for the Roosters can't really be denied. Warriors, sorry, Warriors with a real... You know, we say it all the time, but a real rocks day. Um, I think if they're going to make the finals, they they absolutely deserve to be in eighth spot. They don't deserve to be any higher, and certainly, probably, in my opinion, don't deserve to be any lower. They're they're, they're a number eight out of sixteen. That's exactly where they deserve to sit. And at their best, they're like a number number you know one or two. But at their worst, they're like they're legit sixteens. At their worst, exactly. So it's not bad to have just like an eight in there. Sure. 
Ryan Finance, under strength and still mop the floor with NZ building nicely. John 17, that is J-A-A-H-N-N, 17. Warriors got fucked before we even knew what was happening. Blake Ferguson's taught his teammates well. Hash Abuse Avenue. JR underscore buff. The Warriors are like their jerseys. You just don't know which one's going to turn up. Accurate. Shunner 86. I'm just glad with Jennings' alleged assault and SKD's alleged DV, we still have convicted sex offender Fergie to look up to. Brisbane Broncos 42 defeat the West Tigers 16 at Suncorp. Crowd just over 37,000 in attendance. The Broncos 42. A hat trick to Lachlan Maranta. God. <laughs> As good wingers do. Alex Glenn got a double. Jared Wallace, Jack Reed, Corey Oates with tries. Corey Parker got four of six conversions. Jordan Carr, who won from, of his. And the West Tigers, 16, came from tries. Two, Sia Manifanai, Cherrington, Moses, and then two conversions from three attempts for Paddy Richards. Not good enough for the Tigers. They just wilted against some pretty basic attacking structures from the Broncos. Um, I just found it was back to the bad old days of, you know, if if the Tigers miss one or two tackles in an attacking raid, they'll miss another eight or ten if they need to to let the opposition score. Yep. Um, Tedesco and Tapau are really the only Tigers consistently able to hold their heads up. And there's every every chance that only one of those guys is going to be with the club next year and due to that salary cap situation we spoke about before. And that in itself is a fucking travesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we can't hold on to, to, to power of all people um, is is very poor in my opinion. Uh, not for the first time this season, Brisbane lapsed and only to kick again. Can't help but wonder that the the better sides might not be so accommodating of uh, of them getting out to a big lead first of all, but also consolidating it um, as the season goes on and and they head into the finals. A 15 or 20 minute lapse in concentration could cost them a game. Yeah. Absolutely cost them a game. Uh, As it was, they led 26-16 with the Tigers attacking their line. The Tigers ultimately muffed it and led in another couple of tries and that was the end of it. But if that's the Melbourne Storm or the Sydney Roosters or the Rabbitohs... They're not going to give them 26 start in the first place. A. A. First point. Yeah. uh, Even if they did get out to a bit of a lead... And the, the second that someone like Melbourne or the Roosters, South, people like that, the second that they get a sniff, yep. they, they create their own opportunities from there. And that's what I'm worried about for the Broncos. I think they've played some wonderful football this season. Uh, they have been very structured and very disciplined. And, you know, for it all to come unstuck now due to, you know, some inexperienced players within the squad, um yeah, I, I think that's um, that. It's something they definitely need to to work on. And I know Bennett is is fairly fastidious with stuff like that. So this one, I had the pleasure of watching it from the seven hundreds. <laughs> so when I I got to say, no excuse for fucking crowds not to be great every time at Suncorp if they're doing. I don't know if it was a special deal this weekend. Cost me fucking nothing. To get in there, yeah, twenty five bucks for the two of us, yeah, which is ridiculous. Sure, like so, you know the the flip side is you're in the seven hundreds, but um, managed to get a seat right behind the posts of one of the ends. I think it was the Milton Road end. So what it meant was, you know, I had a really good overview of how the fucking structures were setting up and and all that kind of thing. And I've got to say, the 
the, the Broncos didn't earn anything in this game. West Tigers just fucking gave it to them. There was nothing crazy sneaky. I mean, occasionally they'd, they'd slide, you know, get a guy on the blind side and stack the blind side a bit, which the Tigers were happy to fall for, you know. You know, a number of tries in the first half were down there. But a lot of it was just really fucking basic stuff too. Yep. So, um, you know, West Tigers. So that's a common theme too because you know, Monday night was the same situation. But, but, but having said that, you know, had a, a lot of money riding on this game across three different bets, and thankfully Maranta, being the fucking amazing player he was, scored two late tries to bring <laughs> him all home for Daddy. So, so thank you, Mister Plowman, Stuart Marler. Truly blessed to witness another Jason Taylor masterclass in season perfected defence. <laughs> Karen Crowan, the strangest thing I saw today: Broncos practicing field goals pre-match. Hashtags in decline. Hash Fairweather Cup. Steve O wins. There's only one word to describe the Tigers at the moment. Fucked in capitals. Accurate. Fucking useless cunts keep eating dick. It's an acronym. Aussie 86. How does Lachlan Moranta not get man of the match? Hash conspiracy, hash robbed. Well, you know, rarely wingers get man of the match, and when they do, it's usually a robbery. Todd H, 1987. Tonight, it seems like Run TMB stands for The Mighty Broncos. Sorry, G. <laughs> he, I, I'll give him a pass he can say anything he wants about Run TMB because he bought two of them to help get him over the line Alex underscore day underscore suck shit cunt M day bellows as conversion misses seats nestled amongst many children hash that's my sister hash foul mouth ladies fantastic I'll tell you I had the opportunity because um, Killer was getting you know obviously can't sit still for too long so you know once I had him in the pub for an hour and a half or so I thought we'd better move on and have a look around see what's going on for Superhero Day or whatever they were calling it down there at Lang Park now I had the opportunity to watch quite a bit of the uh, the 20s game the curtain raiser the West Tigers traditionally very strong in the 20s I mean they dominate everybody and you know that's how you get your legends about your Tedescos and your Brooks's and you know your Moseses and so on let me tell you I was watching that game looked over Saw Whitney Houston appear, and I looked at her, and I was watching the Tigers, just letting him try after try. And I was like, oh, like, I, 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 I thought the children were the future. <laughs> Teach them well and let them, show, you know, let them lead the way. <laughs> and she looked at me and just said, Anybody get time for that? <laughs> fuck out, can't. If you got a hit, just give me one more fucking hit. And, um, yeah, she, this, yeah she, that's how the cane got me believing in these West Tigers Junior so much let me tell you shit's fucking dire if you can't buy from outside the club because of a fuck salary cap and those kids getting slaughtered let me tell you they were letting in a lot worse tries than the seniors were a lot worse tries I mean I hope you didn't see that any of that no I didn't because it was yeah it wasn't fucking pretty Monday night foot bitch the North Queensland Cowboys 30 defeat the mighty Manly Seagulls 12 at Brookvale. Horrible fucking crowd of under 8,000. Fucking, I know it was Monday Night Football and it was shit weather, but fucking sort yourself out for fuck's sake. Um, the Cowboys 30 came from a double to Winterstein. Kane Linnett, Michael Morgan, Jake Granville tries. Thurston, four or five conversions and a penalty. Manly tries to Daly Cherry Evans, Brett Stewart, and two or two conversions to Jamie Lyon. Is Brookvale the swag fortress? Not quite as soft as a pillow, but never really comfortable. They really... I, I don't think I've ever seen Manly play that. Shit. Well, yeah, it just... I can't help but wonder if that fucking 14-player list had been revealed to players before. Because let me tell you, 
Luke Burgess. Yeah. <laughs> Fully Mateo. Let me tell you, the, the fucking white Mateo is better than the Carolyn Mateo. <laughs> like, I, if, if, if I wasn't number one, I, you know, I certainly am now. Matt Ballant, the, the thing, the thing that shit me over this, I mean, it was they were just so fucking flat, anyway. But the Cowboys didn't earn a fucking thing. You had fucking Hiku. Don't even get me fucking started on why he was selected in the side against Tommy Turbo when the side's been going so well with Tommy Turbo out there. Fucking. Peter Hicku, in the time he's been off with injuries, decided that his fucking place to defend on the wing is in the middle fucking third channel of the ground. <laughs> he let that, in three fucking tries through mistakes and poured it and, and fucking, fucking poured position. The first Winnerstein try. The cunt's out there fucking 10 metres to your right and you can't, you know... <sighs> it's not often that you see a half kick a ball to his winger and the winger can, can literally catch, can get to stand catch on there, the floor. turn around, look back, catch it, and yeah. stroll over. Yeah. The wing is still nowhere to be seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and honestly, Where was he <laughs> through through two for, through his horrible defence and other mistakes? That's the fucking literally the margin of the game. Then you've got another one where Matt Ballin turned it over and they and they scored off it. The Cowboys didn't fucking earn anything, and the Cowboys weren't impressive or anything of the of that sort. They were just so fucking flat. They just fucking gave it to them. Mm. Oh my god, it's so fucking. The Cowboys were pretty clinical. Um, but it wasn't even cl- if they were clinical, they would have scored another twenty points. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't very good. And against the team that was actually playing well, they would have fucking lost. And I and I dare say that I fucking have grave doubts of the West of the sorry the North Queensland Cowboys' ability to do anything remarkable in the final series if that's what they're going to fucking put up. They were absolutely given the game. They should have touched fifty. I think the Cowboys, especially just, with Cherry Evans being off at half, you know after half time. Now, what's the go with him? There was was varying reports that he'd done a peck or a shoulder, and he's going to be he, out. And he then got, he's he been named on, this yeah, week. Yeah, he'd gone off. They didn't know what the story was. Then they then then I believe it was Joey said uh, on the telecast, "Oh, you know, it's a it's a peck or something, and that's it. He's gone for the season." Right. And then 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 all you hear out of the club is, "Oh, he's gone for scans, and um, you know, we'll see." And then he gets named. Look, I my feeling is that scans it's probably too soon, or scans are only just coming back. So they've named him just out of habit. Um, Fair enough. You know who fucking knows? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's a, he's a dude that plays you know plays under injury clouds and stuff like that. Uh, he gets himself on the field regardless, you know. So he's that, he's that kind of guy. I mean, you know, dude, you don't have to fucking slaughter yourself out there, mate. I mean, you know, you're not getting paid the big bucks till next year, but you know, <laughs> you fucking take a load off. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool, man. Don't you know, don't kill yourself if you if you're legitimately fucked, you know, and you're going to need some sort of surgery or something. But um, as I said, though, case. the Cowboys keep rolling even away from home. Um, not many teams are going to want to be playing them in a close. You know, if should they be fortunate enough to make the grand final and navigate the final series. There's not many teams that are going to want to play them when it comes down to who wants to win a grand final more than Jonathan Thurston. That's not a battle you want to be involved in. Yeah, it's just one guy. And, I mean, he's, Jonathan Thurston's really wanted to fucking win last year too. Yeah, but, like, if it's tight and it's a grand final and it comes down, you know, I he can impose his will on a game in those situations. Yeah, but it was tight last year against East, remember? They had the last throw of the dice and, you know, but for Louis knocking it on. Yeah. Surprised so, JT didn't murder him and make him look like Twisty the Clown. Yeah, I wish he had it. I'm sure the rugby so community I. in general wish he had it. Exactly. Um, where are we? Just fucking disappointing performance. And then 
Tubi's clearly like he's fucking phoning in now. I mean, he selected Hat. We're getting to this. He selected fucking Hassan this week. I mean, that's just the actions of someone who doesn't want to fucking win. Shana 86. Used to be handy. Now liability. Bring back Tommy T. Hashiku Haiku. Voodoo Rock. Look at it this way, Nate. Now you and Glenn can get hammered and enjoy the grand final. Neither of your teams will be there. Yes. So what, you mean the same as last year? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I mean, we, you know, some people more hammered than others, but <laughs> yeah, you just described the 2014 grand final. <laughs> final day. I mean, just add the passing out part for Glenn and you're there. The biggest tiger. Can the Cowboys opt to play their finals games away? Hash best in the comp. Uh, Life of Ty. Part of me thinks we've been allocated some of these players as a handicap from our last decade of finals. <laughs> uh, Hammers. If the Techno Viking isn't the buyer of the year, it has to be Jake Granville. And I think we've said something to that effect you know, through the course of the season. Yeah, I think Techno Viking will get through on his catchy, catchy uh, nickname. Yeah, but um, he's, he's, yeah. he's Granville's been good though. More popular amongst the uh, tour nation. Yep, Karim Karan, Hiku, you fat cunt. Tommy would have been better. Fuck off the Reggie's at Hiku Haiku. <laughs> <laughs> Previews kicking off Friday night football with another ritual obliteration as the West Tigers face the Sydney Roosters at ANZ. Look, how can you spin it? Is there a way? Oh, look, I have zero confidence. I've got to be. I've got to be fair. I'd love to put a. I'd love to do the JT thing and put a positive spin on it, but I think we're only going to win by twenty. You're going to lose by fucking 40. I wouldn't bet money on that, but I mean, Roosters by total domination without question. And also, another one, Friday Night Football is not going to be that entertaining to watch. I mean, we might see some spectacular tries, but Brisbane Broncos take on the Gold Coast Titans, Suncorp, back in their favoured Friday night slot. Now, that will be an obliteration. And will will the Titans, though, with the, you know, the Broncos-Titan thing, will they aim up and, and you know, minimise the damage and it'll just be like a, you know, sort of 14, 16-point thing? Or do you think it'll actually be like a 30? Oh, I think a 30. Titans are tanking for draft picks at this stage anyway. They need halves <laughs> and they fucking, they haven't got any, they're going to need them. And um, Caesar named. But uh, Sexy Eyes there on the bench in 17, so. Could be either way. don't know. I um, I'll be tipping the Broncos. Broncos by domination is the note I've got here on my notes. Uh, Saturday Arvo, New Zealand Warriors take on the mighty Manly Seagulls, Mount Smart Stadium, Maori Warringah. It's the second home game, and the Warriors after getting zero points this week. If there's a way for them to get less than zero, that's what's going to happen. Wow. As, uh, as, as as James Hassan in 18th jersey doesn't take the fucking field if there's anything good in this world. And I mean, like, you know, it's one thing for our Holden Cup team to be killing it and you want to get some eligibility in there for Tommy Turbo so they win the grand final, but fucking hell. They're working so well on that side, on the right-hand side. They're back to fucking glory days with Hiku and... Sorry, not Hiku, um, Tommy Turbo and uh, Jamie Lyon. Sure. Now we've got Hiku back in there, and he wants to be a centre, but he wants to stand at 5'8 in the centre. <laughs> or prop. Who's going to fucking defend that right-hand edge? Uh, look, the Warriors are going to be looking to save some face and, and consolidate their spot in the eight. Uh, I think Manly... If, if Manly were at home, I'd probably back him to, 
to put in a much better performance than what they showed last week. The fact is, playing away from home at the Warriors. And we got okay in New Zealand, though, traditionally. I still I, think I Warriors going to win. And so Manly going to win because there's just no other choice. Got to win, motherfuckers. Melbourne Storm take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Napier, New Zealand. Wowzers. Um, look, I can't see anything but a storm victory here. They were very impless- impressive last week against Penrith, and the Dragons were much, much less so. Uh, I think the storm will uh, come and do a little, little bit of a job on the Dragons. I have uh, the storm to keep the decline going, is my <laughs> note. South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Newcastle Knights, ANZ, Saturday evening. Do you think the Knights' performance last week does anything to to change the course of this game? No, there's my note. You can see it in bold. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. Rabbitohs to slaughter the worst team in the comp. Yeah, easily 30. As Manly showed last week, beating the the Titans by a massive margin is not necessarily an indication of unstoppable form. Sure. Penrith Panthers take on the Canberra Raiders on the early Sunday game. Interesting time slot for this one. I thought it was a, a, certainly a big chance for uh, for a prime time TV game. Yeah, but it's Canberra. Sorry, it's Canberra. Yeah, they're playing some good football though. Certainly be entertaining and deserve their exposure. Jeez, uh, Penrith would want to turn up at home after last week. Yeah, I've got so I've actually got it's like so hard to call on this one. I'm not exactly sure where to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the Panthers purely for the bounce back factor. They won't want to get beaten two yeah. weeks in a row after copying a hiding like that. So uh, I think they'll um, Jamie Sowers kicking game and uh, just their, some of their mobile forwards might give the uh, the Raiders a little bit of trouble. So um, yeah, Panthers one to twelve. Yeah, I'm going to probably tip the Panthers, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders get the win. That one's probably the hardest one to call in the round, I think. Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs take on the Cronulla-Sutherland Sharks at Belmore, 4pm, Channel 9, Sunday game. It's a tough one. As I said, the Sharks is with the tools um, to get the job done. I reckon the Belmore factor, if the last game at Belmore was anything to go by, I think the Belmore factor... Um, Certainly on a on a Sunday afternoon as well. Yep, is uh, is going to be a big thing for the dogs, and uh, I'll, I'll be tipping dogs thirteen plus. Yep, I got doggies as well. North Queensland Cowboys take on the Parramatta Eels Monday night foot bitch up at thirteen hundred teeth. Cowboys by a million is what I have written down oh, here. The reason why look, the halves Joseph Paul and Luke Kelly. True. Um, Tro- Botokmo could- Bo Chokmo is out for the season. <laughs> With some sort of fucking surgery. So you want to be at the Cowboys uh, playing on Monday night last week? They're they're really backing up with a seven day turnaround. So yeah, there's um, no problem with that. Should be should be no issue there, and I think the Cowboys will absolutely kill the Eels. I agree. Cowboys by a million. And that is full time of episode 198. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. Also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. And make sure you hit the like button, share it around, all that good shit. You guys know what to do. iTunes had a review this week from Jace400. And that's a name I know very well. He's a long term listener of the show and also uh, this week in MMA. 
He's like, do yourself a favour, five stars. I've been a Twill listener for over a year. I'm not a diehard league fan like some in Twill Nation, but I enjoy the laughs, banter, review previews, and the Aussie tradition of sledging mates. But I do ask if the pod's going to be delayed by a day, let us know. I get all excited for Wednesday, and when there's nothing on iTunes, well, it's like the missus saying she's got a headache again. Great show, guys. <laughs> and um, Jake's a very good supporter of the show. In fact, uh, yeah, he's got jersey and, and that kind of thing. So, um, well done, and thanks Thank for the you, feedback. Sir. And uh, sorry that it's also not Wednesday this week either, son. <laughs> and um, of course, you know, if you really, a really easy way to support the show is to throw us a rating or a review on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Um, keeps us high in the rankings uh it's probably the secret to us maintaining such a high ranking uh over so many years of the show because i mean even compared to like your fucking hamish and andy's or you know commercially produced podcasts out there we absolutely slaughter them with numbers of reviews and ratings and stuff like that so uh keep it up guys it's sensational and uh tipping david kingston on top, still by one point. Matthew Bell in second. Four points back to third, where we've got Ben Diggity and Mikus. Another point back to Chris Blackwell. And then we go back another point to Mario Siegs. Good night, CJ, Mad Dog, and Solzy and Scott Beebe round out the top ten. Eight points behind the leader, so it's starting to become pretty difficult to get back. Almost looking like a two-horse race. Fantasy. The Wendells on top over Rick Grimes, Bitch, One Trick Pony, Top China Dragons, Bobbers, Warhorse, The Pool Cues, Too Much Tuners, NZ underscore Magpie 54, and Fin Train 2.0. And uh, that lead seems to be increasing uh, with the Wendells, so done and dusted. DJ X playing with his Pick the Ladder competition this week. Number one, Trotters. He moved up from fourth last week to take the first place. Second, me. Moved up seven places into second place. Uh, James Thew in third. Shithead Listener in fourth. uh, Dropping one. Mad Dog underscore no space. He's jumped 17 to get into fifth. Then we've got our Honor Blood Buzz, uh, CJ07. Where are we? We've got a couple others. Big jump from uh, Mr. B75. He's jumped up 15. Now... X-Plane has uh, added some additional stats this week to the report, uh, just to, at this stage of the season, just to give people an indication of uh, how it's going. Such We're talking about the comp, it's such a great comp, and over the off-season I'll work towards uh, getting a system like this online so people can actually see their rankings and that kind of thing. Um, the large, We've got the top 10 largest rises within a week, and the winner, Chapo, in round eight, went up 52 places. Yeah. Um, Barjas went up 51 and then we had some other Chapo third with 50 so he's had some big rises but why isn't he in the top 10 well the largest falls because much like his life this is art imitating life peaks and troughs <laughs> he's had some big rises in his life that have amounted to absolutely nothing he's had two he's, he's had two of the top three biggest rises but he's also had three of the top five largest falls. <laughs> in fact, then his losses dropped. He he went up fifty two places in round eight to get his number one rise. He dropped fifty two places in round nine. <laughs> <laughs> he also in round six he dropped fifty. In round four he dropped forty nine. So it's a bit of a yo yo. You are you you make an appearance on a list finally there. Uh, in sixth place you have the sixth largest fall ever, forty seven points. Um, the average rank. So that's taken over the course of the whole competition. What your average has been. Number one, me. Average rank of 12.58. Mad Dog, second, with 14.21. I'm and in the top five. Yep, you're fifth, 19.47, which is amazing because you had that period where you were right up the top or close to it, and then mm. you sort of disappeared after that. Um, and total points scored year to date, me well in front, well in front, over uh, Mad Dog, James Dew, 
Magnum, in the top Boxstar 10, Jason. Mate. And you're in top 10. You're in ninth. So, well done. So, we're uh, killing it. Although your current rank is 25th. Uh, I can live with it. <laughs> um, so, shop. We've still got some run TMBs. We've still got some run DCEs. The Eat, Sleep, Hunt, Milf, Repeat needs to get to pre-order. We're going to need to get about another 15 of those out the out the door. I know the Broncos fans have a pretty large representation of our listenership, so prove it and prove you're not as shit as the uh, Tigers fans. Don't let it go three months or four months or however long it fucking took. Um, now, I just want to close the show. We got a, um, some correspondence from a listener, Runoff Renoff, who um, sent us this uh, very long sort of letter that I that I want to make sure we read out so that you know obviously reward for effort and all it re- it revolves around the um the domestic violence and shit like that and so I just want to read it out and then you know you guys can give your thoughts if we do anything because what he's basically doing is is suggesting that we you know actually take further action and try and you know get like you know something together where you know and petitions and all that kind of thing and try and you know mobilize twill nation to you know getting something more concrete done so, uh, nate glenn uh this is a bit long but i hope you find time to read it you guys have a great following as shown by your twitter follow subscribers and uh standings in the recent zero tackle survey as noted by several listeners recently, Twill Nation la- largely appreciate the social commentary that comes with your league banter. We back your real talk on issues of domestic violence and the NRL's conspicuous inaction. Twill Nation's indignant tweets about Louis Karma and similar grubs making miraculous redemption comebacks is evidence that you speak for the vast majority of fair-minded league fans. I'm sure others feel as I do that as fans, as we, we as fans of rugby league, are sick of being tarred with the same brushes. Those germs that believe using physicality to invoke fear, exert control, or harm a woman is okay. Nate and Jared spoke about the power the NRL should have with its product, whether that is dictating terms to media outlets tendering for broadcast rights or forcing clubs to fill stadiums or choose smaller grounds. In the same podcast, you lamented the fact that clubs and NRL largely brush domestic violence issues under the carpet or pay lip service with disproportionate punishments and that it would take a massive grassroots uprising to show the NRL that something needed to be done. The NRL is just like the NFL. The NFL cover everything pink for a few weeks and talk about support for women, but if it wasn't for video emerging of Ray Rice laying out his now wife in the elevator, the NFL would have given him just a two-week ban to the original punishment. The NRL knew what he did, and they thought that was satisfactory. It was a social media storm once the CCTV footage emerged that forced the NRL to give the much longer ban to Rice. The NRL like to think of themselves as... Uh just like these bigger sports and are desperate for a bigger audience yet they're not learning any lessons from their bigger brothers i agree with nate a grassroots backlash is what's needed to push the nrl but we need look no further than our own twill nation as a spark you might joke that you're just a couple of blokes suffering from tourette's broadcasting to a bunch of gronks from your living room each week (laughs) (laughs) with that's that people said that about us we don't say about ourselves (laughs) um but the reality is you've created a very loyal following that keeps growing, all with a love of the game, a shared interest, and importantly, a very tight community based in social media, but extends even beyond that. Your audience would back you guys to the hilt. Now, I know you guys are often throwing suggestions for things like membership number rankings, new Twilio awards, and a raft of fun suggestions that would cause a lot of extra work and time you don't have. So I'm conscious of that as I make this suggestion. My thinking is that particularly with Nate's IT experience and or network, an online petition could be created whereby an open letter to the NRL could be drafted outlining fans' frustration with the NRL's lack of leadership in dealing with issues of domestic violence that could be signed by Twill Nation and Friends of, similar to the online petitions members of Parliament raise. 
Now, I'm not much of a writer, so I'm not sure who'd write the letter, but I'm sure something could be written that encapsulates the views expunged semi-regularly on the podcast. Those being that having served a jail term or weeks on the sidelines don't give the right to a career in the NRL, let alone a redemption story. Well, just this week. <laughs> we said that. We want rugby league to be taken seriously. We want mums of the next generation allowing their kids to play the game. Jared was right. Alex McKinnon-style stories don't make mums' decisions any easier. Let's not make turning a blind eye to domestic violence another thing rugby league's known for. Presently, on average, one woman is killed each week due to domestic violence in Australia. Fucking disgraceful. Let's tell the NRL we want rugby league to be a uniting force in this community and we want them to be leaders in shining a light on this blight on our nation. They need to draw that line in the sand and stay clear, say clearly there is no situation where violence against women is justified. Let them say from this day forward, players that have been proven to have assaulted women are in breach of the NRL's code of conduct and will be deregistered despite whether a criminal, a criminal conviction is recorded or not. The Avar example is classic. South banned him for a week and fined him 2K. Pathetic. The NRL then banned him indefinitely while the case was tried. Evidence was recorded that he assaulted his girlfriend, causing her injury, yet he escaped having a conviction recorded, instead given a two-year good behaviour bond. Lucky for him, but he still did it. What does the NRL do? Welcome him back. We can all wear the white ribbons we want. Sorry, we can wear all the white, ri- right, white ribbons we want, but we're really doing fuck all unless we put pressure on the NRL to get rid of the future Louis and Arvars. They must foster the culture with the next generation that instills playing for big money on the highest stages of privilege and there's zero tolerance for violence against women. Our kids' heroes need to be heroic on the field, but not cowards off it. I'm sure if Twill put the word out there to sign a position, petition, you'd get every Twitter follower signing and retweeting the link. Our message would go to the NRL backed by thousands of names to let them know in no uncertain terms that their target audience, their bread and butter, can see the shit job they're doing on this issue and change needs to happen now. I put this to you because you guys really represent supporters in good numbers and with no particular club affiliation have the skills to make it happen. You have the followers that may allow something like this to get noticed and instigate positive change that Twill Nation can be proud of. You may even pick up a few followers and subscribers along the way. I know it's wordy, but feel free to follow me and share this among your followers if you people feel the same i understand if you don't want to is i don't want to pressure you guys in anything food for thought keep up the great work fellas run off renoff as in uh steve renoff fucking brilliant yes brilliant um fully support that mm-hmm. me too who's gonna write the letter i don't know but maybe we should uh think about doing it though i think it doesn't good. have to be a long letter it just has to be really short demand provide some examples yeah wrap it up and then, uh, yeah, it's back it out with thousands of signatures. It's very easy to get a petition online. I mean, don't even don't need my IT skills to do it. We can, you know, anyone can do that. There's plenty of places out there that'll allow you to do so for free, and you know, log them all and all that sort of thing. But I'm I'm very happy to put, uh, you know, our weight behind that, whatever that is. Yeah, look, you know, we've, what we've spoken about it and made our opinions very very clear. But this is, you know, something to add some even more substance to that, and and you know, at least do our bit. To say that, you know, mm-hmm. we want to take a stand. Yep. And anyone that wants to stand behind us is welcome to do so. Exactly. All right. So I think we probably agree that it's something that we can do. Yes. And uh, hopefully get the time to do it sooner rather than later. Exactly. Get it out for you guys. Anyway, that's it. All That's all that we have time for this week. Because Glenn is about to die. Yeah. Yep. Of, uh, it's good to be back. And it's good to die. be back. <laughs> See you next week. See ya.